All right, we will go on the record, case CR 22-211624, State versus Lori Noreen Vallow. This is a jury trial scheduled today, continuing with the state's case in chief. Is the state going to be ready to proceed this morning? Yes, Your Honor. Good morning. Good morning. Is the defense ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honor. Very well. I'll note that all counsel is present. The defendant is present as well with her attorneys. Before we get started, I will reiterate there's a conduct order in effect in this case. The conduct order prevents any use of any device to record, photograph, or transmit sounds or images from the courtroom. I'll also note that the conduct order in paragraph 2D indicates any activity or behavior which is considered disruptive may result in removal from the courtroom. We're starting our proceedings late this morning because we do have a participant here that's caused a disruption in our courtroom proceedings based on their conduct. I've talked to the bailiffs about that. All right. Thank you for sorting out that technical issue. Anyway, I had a sidebar with counsel also with their observations, talked to courthouse security, and so I am going to request at this time that the bailiffs remove this person from the courtroom for the proceedings today based on their conduct. So I'm not going to name the individual by name, but I am going to require that they be removed from the proceedings today for disrupting the courtroom. So bailiffs, if you could please identify that person and have them exit the courtroom at this time. I'll enforce that term of the order. All right. I very much appreciate the bailiffs in maintaining courtroom order for this trial as it goes forward and as they've done so up to this point. We'll continue to strictly enforce the courtroom conduct order. I also appreciate counsel advising the court of what was observed this morning, requiring that person in attendance to be excused. So with that in mind, we are ready to proceed with this. We'll have the jurors brought in, and then just to clarify with the state, is Ms. Pastenas going to be continuing on the stand this morning? Yes, I believe we're in the defendant's cross, so she is in the witness room just waiting. Okay. Thank you for that, Ms. Smith. So let's have the jurors brought in, and then we'll continue with her testimony.
Thank you. Please be seated. <clears throat> all right. The court will note all jurors are here present and properly seated. And I believe each has signed the juror affirmation before uh, coming back in today. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Again, I appreciate very much your continued service in this case and your continued compliance with the admonishments that are given to you each day when you leave. Uh, I hope you had a good break over the weekend, and we're going to continue now with the cross-examination of this witness, Zulema Pastenes. Mr. Thomas, I believe, was conducting cross-examination when we broke last week, and I'll remind you, Ms. Pastenes, you are still under oath for your testimony. So with that in mind, Mr. Thomas, you can continue your cross. Ms. Pastinas, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Good. Thank you. Just a little bit of housekeeping. I wanted to know if uh, over the weekend you were able to uh, speak with the prosecution or anybody from the prosecution team? No, sir. Okay. Um, did you have a chance to review any of your notes or any of your uh, files regarding uh, your testimony? No, sir. Okay. Um, when we were talking a little bit on Friday, uh, we talked a little bit about a number of things. Um, one thing that kind of bothered me over the weekend as we were, as I was going through uh, the testimony, um, was your relationship with Alex. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. So you uh, first started dating Alex on October 31st, 2019, is that right? Um, we went on a, on a first date in August of 2019. Okay. I believe you said uh, you testified uh, that October 31st was the first time that you had uh, went on a date with him, so apparently I'm mistaken. So tell me a little bit about what happened in August. In August, we went out to dinner. What I testified for around um, that happened on August, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, on October 31st, mm -hmm. but that was the first time that we ever kissed or that we ever held hands. Okay. <clears throat> so between August, uh, going out to dinner, and October 31st, that was August of 2019, right? Correct. Okay. So how many times did you date between August and October 2019? Just a couple times. A couple more times between August, the first time you went to dinner, and the first time you kissed him was on October 31st. Correct. Okay. Um, 
And had you talked on the phone uh, with him between August and October 31st? Was that something that you guys did? Yes. Quite frequently or not really? Um, I wouldn't say quite frequently, but frequently. Okay. And what kinds of things were you talking about? Um, uh, we talked a lot about um, scriptures. He, um, We talked about... Um, <clears throat> talks that we had read. Um, we talked about our families. Um, we were just getting to know each other. Just getting to know each other? Yes. Okay. Um, and then between October 31st and, uh, let's see, November the 7th, uh, was the first time you kissed was October 31st, and then what happened that, that, in that week between October 31st and November 7th. Um, together? I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, I was just going to try to clarify a little bit. Um, was there anything significant? Were you seeing each other every single day between October 31st and November 7th? No, that would have been impossible because I was in Arizona and he was in Rexburg, Idaho. Okay. And my understanding is that on, on November the 7th is when he presented you with an engagement ring. Is that right? Correct. And was that in Rexburg or was that in uh, uh, Arizona? In Rexburg. Okay. So you came up to see him on November the 7th? Correct. Okay. Were you there for that purpose or were you there for a conference or for some other purpose and you just happened to meet up with him? No, I came specifically to spend time with him. Okay. So he gives you an engagement ring. Um, had you guys talked before that time between the, the kissing a week earlier and uh, getting the engagement ring? Did the two of you talk about the possibility of getting married? Um, yes. Um, Alex was uh, very clear um, that he was looking for a relationship and he wanted to get married. And when, when did that come up? How did, how did that come about? When did that come up? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he, that he actually uh, talked about it the first time we went out to dinner. The first he day. wanted to have a relationship and he wanted to um, um, he wanted to be married and he wanted a relationship. Okay. And did that uh, did that intrigue you? Did that frighten you? Was that kind of like awkward? What, what was what was that like? I really don't remember if I had any reaction to what he was sharing. Okay. What about on November 7th when he actually gave you the engagement ring? Were you, uh, was that a surprise? Was, was, was this something that you had thought about, that he had thought about? Um, I was not surprised. Um, he had told me that he was looking for a ring. And he had asked for my ring size. Um, and uh, so I was not completely surprised that that was going to, that, that happened on that day. And when did he ask you for your ring size? Mm, I was about, it, it was during the few days before I, I came up to okay. Rexburg. 
So sometime in that first week of November? Probably, yes. Okay. Um, and so then you got the ring. Um, and how long did you spend in Rexburg? On the 7th, you were obviously there on the 7th. So what other days were you there? Do you remember? It was uh, also a short trip, so I think that it was only like two to three days. Okay. Um, and did you go back home to Arizona? Yes. And did Alex go back home to Arizona? No, he stayed in Rexburg. He stayed in Rexburg. And so when was the next time you saw him physically in person? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So that would have been around the 23rd, 24th, something like that? I don't remember exactly the day, but it would have been around the end of November, yes. Okay. Um, and then you saw him that weekend uh, for Thanksgiving for the whole weekend? Yes, he he stayed at, at my house. Okay. And uh, was that a, did he come up on a Wednesday for Thanksgiving Thursday, or when? do you recall when that was? He came um, on Wednesday. Okay. And did he stay through the weekend? Yes. Did he go back home after that? No. No. He stayed with you the whole time? Yes. Okay. So he comes up on uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, um, and then at some point you guys get married, right? Correct. And that was on December the 1st? Um, I don't want to give you the, the wrong um, date. Um, but I believe it was that. It was, it was your wedding day. You remember your wedding day, right? I wish I could tell you that I know exactly the date, but there has been so much trauma around that, that date and all of the events that happened during that time that at times it is very hard for me to remember certain things. Okay. Right. Especially the ones that I would like to forget. Okay. Um, and when you say you like to forget, that would be, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is that the death of Alex? That and among many others, yes. Okay, what, what other things are traumatic with Alex during that, that time frame? fact that I went to work early on December 12th and Alex was fine and when I came home Alex was laying on the floor of my bathroom dead and then the paramedics came and they started working on him and then they took him to the hospital to the emergency room and they worked on him for about an hour and then brought me back into the room where he was connected to machines and they were doing CPR on him and then after
many efforts to revive him. I had to give the okay to have the machines turned off. That is very traumatic, sir. Right, and I, and I understand that, and I'm not trying to be callous or anything. And I said, other than the death of Alex Cox, was there anything else that was traumatic during that time? That's that's all I was getting at. Was there anything traumatic that happened to you between uh, your wedding and your and and when Alex passed away? No, that I can recall. Okay. So. Um, you started dating in August, and he passed away in December. So you've got some of August, September, October, November, and part of December. So three and a half, maybe four months that you really knew him. Is that right? That I knew him um, personally, yes, in that. Okay. My... my question is, and my problem is, is that you made a statement to the prosecution uh, that Alex would do anything for Lori, and you knew that with, with some sort of a, a surety. And so I guess my question is, how is it that you knew him between August and December, and you knew this much about him, and you didn't really spend that much time with him? So is it maybe possible that you didn't know him there that well, and that maybe he wouldn't do anything for for Lori. I would have to disagree on that, and the reason why I have to disagree on that is because of <coughs> um, the way that Alex expressed himself whenever he wanted to do something or make a decision on something, um, he felt that he always needed to have Laurie in chats, um, per se, permission or okay. And to give you a couple examples of that would be when um, Chad told him in a blessing that he was going to be moving to Rexburg and that he would be one of the warriors in Rexburg. The following day, he took a plane and came back to Rexburg with Chad to immediately um, come and um, check out the, the area um, and he eventually moved up here. Um, the other uh, significant um, reason why I say that is because um, after we got married, um, we were talking about how we were going to um, be living with her. I had already told him that I was not going to be moving to Rexburg and that my family, my work, my life was in Arizona, and um, he um, he was at the time still had all his stuff and living in Rexburg, and um, so we were discussing on how we were going to, uh, what we were going to do, and he said, 
well, before I make any decisions, I need to ask Chad and Lori what I should do. <clears throat> so he was asking for some advice, right? I will call it direction, sir. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and hand you what's been marked as defense exhibits A and B. The state has a copy, and this is a courtesy copy for the court. I'm sorry, counsel, you did give us a copy. Which one you you given them both? A and B, yeah. Okay. Can you identify what I just handed you? It looks like there are copies of um, of uh, texts. between Chad and me and um, and the other one appears to be between Lori and I. Mm -hmm. Do you recall testifying at the grand jury? Ah, uh, yes. Do you recall identifying these specific documents as being text messages between you and Chad and you and Lori? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. So they don't appear to be what what they are. I mean, they are those text messages, right? Okay, yes. You previously identified them? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes. Okay, all right. So I'd like you to turn to um, Exhibit A, page number 17. Um, Judge, just for the record, can we have these identified in the date range? The state isn't going to object to their admission, but could we have a little bit more description of A and B sure. on the record so that the witness and jurors know what she's looking at? Yes, so sure. for starters, uh, Mr. Thomas, uh, are you moving to admit A and B? I am moving to admit A and B, Judge. All right, I admitted in trans in, I'm sorry. They were previously admitted in the grand jury. And states indicated no objection, is that correct? That's correct, Your Honor. Okay, so Defendants Exhibit A and Defendants Exhibit B are both admitted. And then, uh, Mr. Thomas, it's just a request to identify specifically where in the admitted exhibits you're going. So if you do that, please. Sure. Uh, Ms. Pestinas, I'd like you to turn to Exhibit A, which is an extraction report, uh, Celebrite report. And I'd like you to turn to page 17. It would be item number 224. And I'd like for you to read for me and for the court uh, what, the, what, what the text message says. It says, hello, Chad. I had a conversation with my daughter. 
care today and I didn't and it didn't go well. She doesn't want to go to Rexburg and she feels like I'm abandoning her if I leave without her. I feel really bad right now. I had a prompting there there other day to ask you if you could see who she was before in this this life. She may be able to start seeing truth. I was told this week that I that I will go to Rexburg eventually but not right now. So I just need to prepare for when that eventually is. Thank you for always being there for me. I'm so grateful for you. And what was what what was the response on number two two five? This was Chad speaking to you, right? Thank you, Sulema. I will find out about Kara. I agree with you about Rexburg, not immediately, but eventually. I'm so grateful for you too. Let's talk soon. So in two two four. Uh, you said, I was told this week that I will go to Rexburg. Do you recall seeing that? Eventually, but not right now. Okay. I, I guess what I'm asking is, you're saying that Chad told you, and I'm asking who told you. During this time, I was um, quite confused. I have to, to tell you the, the context of this, because otherwise it gets taken out of context. That's what we're trying to do. Um, during this time, um, Lori and Chad were really pushing me to move to Rexburg, and they continued to do that throughout um, this whole entire time. Um, Chad had even given me blessings telling me that I needed to move to Rexburg. Um, it didn't make sense to me to move to Rexburg since I didn't have anybody there, no, didn't have my life, my job, my family was not there, and uh, they can continue to push me. Um, and I really, really trusted these people. Um, I trusted that they said that they were the, who they said they were. Um, Chad said that he didn't have a veil um, that he could see to the other side um, and that he was constantly being guided by angels and by other heavenly beings. Um, Lori had said that she had conversations with Jesus Christ I trusted them. It was very hard for me during this time, and I was very confused. So I started praying and asking if I could have an answer of myself of what I needed to do. Um, and during one time when I was um, praying, I heard this exactly how it is here. You will go to Rexford eventually, but not right now. And um, I knew that that was my answer. That eventually could have been any other time, but not at that time. So it wasn't Chad pushing you, and it wasn't Lori pushing you. It was oh, the yes, Lord, they were, sir. It was the Lord telling you, right? You prayed about it, and this was your answer? I'm going to repeat that. Just yes or no. Chad I think and we've Lori. Already, no, I'm Chad. sorry. Yes or no. Judge, I'm going to object. If if he would allow the witness to answer, she's trying to answer his question, but he cuts her off. Well, uh, in that aspect, it was a yes or no direct leading question, or a leading question, so you can re-ask your question if you want, and uh, the witness doesn't necessarily get to go into further detail if it's just a yes-no question. So yes or no, did you pray about it? Yes. And yes or no, did the Lord tell you that you would eventually go to Rexburg? Yes. But not right now. Okay.
So it wasn't Chad and Lori who were pushing you to go to Rexburg? Yes, sir, they were. Okay. And every blessing they gave me. to do this a different way. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn to page one of Exhibit 59. Defendant's Exhibit A, you're right, Your, I'm sorry. Your Honor. Defendant's Exhibit A. Just make it sure. Apologize. Yeah. Thanks. And I'd like you to read um, line or item number five. I woke up this morning and the first thing I heard was, I have made you mine, and he was a man's voice. So for our court reporter, if you can read a little more slowly on those texts, please, that will help the record stay clear. Thank you. I woke up this morning and the first thing I heard was, I have made you mine, and he was a man's voice, not my voice. I believe I'm on the right path and I'm getting closer. I feel so much better today than in the past week. So all you did for me worked. I'm starting to feel myself again. And this is from you to Chad, is that correct? Correct. All right. Now please turn to page five. Item number 57. This is you talking to Chad again, correct? Correct. Okay. Can you read item number 57? <clears throat> I have a couple of questions for you. Do I have a calling and election made sure? Will I have a calling and election made sure? Will I have a second comforter? Do I look after these things? And dot, 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 how will I know when and how to go to the temple when the call-out happens? Okay. And that, that text message was on January 24th, is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then you sent him another message uh, a minute later, uh, starting with the Lord has placed a new, young, new yearning, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you go ahead and read that one? The Lord has placed a new yearning in my heart. It's so beautiful. I only want to read, study, learn, go to the temple and serve him. I'm really leaving the world behind. He's telling me there is no time. He's telling me there is no time for anything else. So I have questions come up as I study and go to the temple. Okay. And that's you talking to Chad. And then Chad answers you. Is that correct? Yes. And that is... A couple of hours later, and what what does he say to you? Can you read that? I am so excited for you, Salema. You're on the right path. As a multiple creation person, you have already received your calling and election, as well as the second comforter. I know you have a close relationship with the Savior, and that's what those really mean. Don't worry, you will know when to gather. I actually feel you'll be among the first people to gather to the safest Y camps. You're part of the team, exclamation mark. Okay, 
And this uh, next one, number 60, uh, is uh, you responding to that. Can you read that? Um, I just got chills all over my body reading your text. That's the reason why the voice came to me saying, I have made you mine, because he already had exclamation mark. Or, oh, it's so amazing, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So when when you're talking about um, I have made you mine, that's uh, what we just what you just talked about earlier. Is that right? When you woke up in the morning and and he said a male voice said I have made you mine. Correct. Okay, so you're talking about the Lord talking to you directly. Yes. Okay. Were there times when you uh, called Chad or called on Chad to heal you from some pain or some spiritual uh, binding or something to that effect? Yes. Okay. And was one of those times uh, right around Christmas, right after Christmas 2018, uh, when you had a shoulder issue do you recall that no I don't recall that Okay. would you please turn to page 3 it will be item number 23 should be the top of the page yes can you go ahead and read that that's that's you talking to Chad right? or you texting Chad yes go ahead Merry Christmas exclamation mark I hope you had a beautiful time with your family could you tell me if I have weapons on my back? I, um, I think, I think I'm being attacked again. Okay. What did you mean by that? Um, uh, Lori and Chad always um, taught that um, when you had. Um, any kind of physical pain or um, any emotional um, thing like depression or anything like that happening with you, that it was usually um, it was attack from um, the dark side and that it was usually um, evil spirits attacking your body or your emotions. And did you believe that? I did. And this particular occasion, you felt like you were having some sort of attack from the demons in your back. Um, yes. Okay. And did this resolve on its own, or did you did Chad do something to resolve that for you spiritually? Um, I don't recall this, um, so... Let's keep reading. Okay. Let's do number 24 on that same page, page 3. Go ahead. Hi, Sulema. I have captured and sealed away the evil spirits that were attacking you, and I have removed the weapons from you. I am healing the damage. Okay. And did you feel like that actually worked, or do you think that that was just hocus-pocus? Um, 
there were times when um, Chad would say that he was doing some kind of um, energy work or some kind of um, um, taking all those spirits away that um, I would actually feel better afterwards. And this was one of those times, right? Like I said, I don't recall this um, this conversation. So okay, let's it's read possible. number. Let's read number twenty-seven on that same page. This oh is you talking to Chad on a text. Okay. Oh my goodness! I can move my shoulder blade now! Exclamation mark! Thank you! Exclamation mark! Okay. And the the first text was at nine oh six p.m. Correct. Correct. And the text that you said you could now move your shoulder blade was at 9.22 p.m., correct? Correct. Okay. So in that 15-minute span, you feel like you were healed? I felt better, apparently, yes. Okay. Did Chad or Lori ever... Uh, tell you to hurt anyone spiritually? No. Okay. Your work was always for the good, for light, right? At the time, I believed it to be so, sir, yes. But somehow, after that time, you now believe that you were working for the dark side or for darkness or evil? At the time, I believed that we were doing something good um, to help get rid of darkness and it was spirits off of the earth. Um, now I believe that the intentions um, were different and very evil. So your intentions were different and very evil? No, sir. I believe that Chad and Lori's intentions were very evil. In telling you that they loved you, that you were doing such a great job, that you were... Uh, turning away these evil spirits, those kinds of things? No, sir, I don't believe that. Um, those things that they were saying were evil, manipulative, most definitely. Um, but those things were not evil. The result of all of this was, yes. And we'll get into the result a little bit later. Um, Let's let's move on to page number nine, item number one zero eight. This was you texting Chad. Can you read that for me? Hi Chad, how are you? I wanted to tell you I've been given a new weapon of light fire. I'm practicing and using it. I used it this weekend quite a bit to heal the girls when they were attacked. Um, I was attacked a lot this weekend 
a lot, exclamation mark. I'm using the fire to heal me, but I'm still, but I still feel my body in pain and worn out. Can you please do some healing on me? So tell me what light fire is. Um, I'm trying to find the words to explain that. Um, it is like... Um, It is like imagining in your mind and with the intention of having a very, um, uh, like a light aura um, that um, perhaps has some fire around it and putting it uh, around um, somebody or um, some kind of um, wound to um, help it heal. So light fire is a healing weapon that you had? Um, at that time, yes. Okay. And who gave you that healing weapon? Um, I don't remember. I don't recall. I don't even recall this conversation. I'm sorry. Do you ever recall using light fire? Um, yes, I do, sir. Okay. And you always used it for good? Correct. And you always used it for healing purposes? Um, for healing purposes and during the castings as well. And during the castings out of, of evil spirits? Correct. This weekend, um, my team and I were talking uh, a little bit about uh, your testimony, and there was some debate as to whether or not... Objection to the commentary, Your Honor. I'll sustain that. Okay. Uh, do you have a portal in your home? No, sir. Have you ever had a portal in your home? No, sir. Okay. Can you please turn to page 10? Item number 126. This is you speaking to Chad or texting Chad. Is that right? Yes. And what's the date on that? April 8th, 2019. Can you read that for me? I would love that. I want to see if you could help me create a portal at home to get answers at. Okay. So do you recall asking Chad about how to make a portal or how to help help you create a portal at home? Um, I don't recall saying that, but it's there, so yes, I did ask him. So you asked, but you never had a portal at your house? No. Okay.
Um, you recall uh, doing some castings out of demons with uh, Lori and some of the other women that you were in your small group, correct? Correct. And one of those castings out was a demon by the name of Garrett. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And you didn't cast him out by yourself. There were some. There were some other people in that particular prayer meeting. Is that right? Correct. Um, and um, you specifically asked uh, that this demon be released from uh, its host or its body, right? Correct. And did that actually happen? Um, I don't know. You don't know? No. Um, and the reason why I say that is because um, Lori always had to check with Chad to ask if he had been done correctly or not. And then she would say, um, yes, it was done, or no, it was not done. But it wouldn't be something that I would know whether it was done or not. So we would get confirmation from Chad. And did you get confirmation from Chad that uh, this uh, entity had left uh, Charles Vallow? Yes. Okay. And so that was a successful casting? According to them, yes. Well, what about according to you? Um, I didn't know whether it was done correctly or effectively or if we had cast out uh, a spirit or a demon. Um, I only had faith that they were telling us the truth. So you never had faith that any of your castings had ever actually come true? Um, you never knew with a surety, I objection. guess. Objection. Can the witness be allowed to answer? Yeah, I will sustain that. She was in the middle of an answer, Mr. Thomas. Okay. I personally didn't have a confirmation that those evil spirits or demons were cast out. I trusted and believed what Laurie and Chad were saying that had happened as a result. Okay. Um, and then this particular demon left Charles Vallow, and there was another demon that went into Charles Vallow. Is that right? That's what Laurie and Chad said, yes. But you didn't think this was true? I believed what they said, yes. Okay. So you thought that another demon was in Charles as well? Yes, I believed them. Okay. And... And Charles passed away on, on what day? Do you recall? 
July 11th. Okay. And that was in 2019? Yes. Do you recall what you were doing that day in the morning? I was at Temple. You were at the Temple? Okay. Can you turn to page uh, 5 of exhibit number, or exhibit B? Can you turn to number 69 and 70, and can you read those? I'm on my way to the temple. I'll be in the celestial room. So 69 is, I'm on my way to the temple, and 70 is, I'll be in the celestial room, correct? Correct. Do you recall what you were doing? Objection, Your Honor. Can we just have the, since we switched exhibits, can we have the... Um, to and from, in co so that puts these in context, please. With switching exhibits, I do think, uh, yeah, uh, indicate who these communications involve. Okay. Uh, exhibit B uh, is an extraction report. If you'll turn to the front page, is that correct? To the front page, page one? Yes. Uh, and the participants are uh, five, six, four, uh, Eight zero six nine two nine five six two. Is that your number? Is that your phone number? Or was that your phone number? Those are Lori's numbers. Oh, those are both Lori's numbers? Correct. Okay. So this is you talking to Lori. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So 69, you're talking to Lori... Right? And you say I'm on my way to the temple? On page 5? Correct. Okay. And on seven, uh, on number 70, page 5, you say I'll be in the celestial room? Correct. Okay. And then number 71, would you read that for me? As I was working on Hiblos today in the temple, I was told he will be taken as he is. I don't know what that means. Then I was shown to only put light, the brightest light, from the top and the bottom at the same time, meaning in the middle. So I've been doing that all day. 7-Eleven, I hope today is a good day for all of this to end. Okay. So you were in the temple. You went into the temple sometime shortly before 9 a.m., is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. And you're not... Are you allowed to bring your phone in to uh, any of the rooms in the temple? No. Okay. So you didn't have your phone between, uh, say, 8.54 when you first texted that and 11.30, uh, well, that's a long time. So between 8.54, how long were you at the temple that day, do you recall? I don't remember how long I was there. Okay. And so you specifically recall that you were at the temple and that uh, this specific uh, thing happened to you? Yes, I remember this. Okay. And this was when you were casting out Hiplos? Um, yes, sir. I was supposed to meet Lori at the temple that day. And we were supposed to be working on Hiplos together. And 
she didn't um, she didn't come. Okay, but you had an experience where you did some casting out of Hippos in the celestial room of the temple. Is that right? Um. Yes. Was there a time, and I'm sorry, I specifically don't have this. Uh, it wasn't attached to the grand jury exhibit. Uh, but was there a time that you had a, an experience uh, in the in the temple where you went to the Phoenix Temple in the celestial room, and some heavenly beings showed up? Do you recall that? Uh, yes, I do. This is something you won't won't soon forget, right? I mean, it's pretty spiritual. Yes. Pretty powerful. Yes. You said the Heavenly Father was there? Yes, I believe so. And Heavenly Mother was there? I believe so. And Jesus was there? Yes. And your eternal husband was there? Uh, yes. And who was that? Um, I couldn't see who was. Do you recall what happened on that day? No, sir. You remember that you saw Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother, Jesus in the temple, but you don't know what happened? Draw the question, Judge. No further questions. All right. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Let's get the exhibits, and then if there's redirect, Ms. Smith. Proceed, Your Honor. You may. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Do you need a minute? 
or you, can we proceed? We can proceed. Okay. On cross, um, Mr. Thomas asked you and, and uh, questions about your view on people. And you said on cross uh, that you try to look for the good in people. Do, did I hear that right? Correct. Okay. And in part of looking for the good in people, that's based in your personal fee, faith and your beliefs as a, a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, right? Yes. Okay. And so in answering his questions, a lot of your questions um, were a, about trying to see Lori as a, you started out trying to see Lori as a good person and a person of faith like yourself. Correct. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk, a, we'll, we'll turn to Defendant's Exhibits A and Defendant's Exhibits B. Um, so the exhibit, the Defense Council admitted, um, Exhibit B is um, a cell phone extraction um, of your cell phone because you allowed law enforcement to take your phone and to, you know, dump or download your phone, right? Correct. Okay. And um, that they took out the phone numbers and some of the texts that, that you, between you and Lori, right? Correct. Okay. And on this exhibit, there, there are two phone numbers that Lori would text you from that aren't just in this exhibit, right? Correct. Okay. And can you just read those numbers into the record so that we have them for future use? Um, it's the numbers where it says participants? Yes. Uh, 56480-692-9562. Okay. And the second one? One four eight zero six nine two nine five six two. Okay. And these are these are text messages that only go from um and in exhibit B where you just read those phone numbers from February fifth of twenty nineteen to August thirtieth of twenty nineteen. If you want to look at the first page and page twenty. That is correct. Okay. So there had been text and communications before that, right? Yes. And there were text and communications after August, right? Correct. Um, but these text and communications for Lori were, were fairly, um, with Lori, were very typical of your conversations with her, weren't they? Yes. Okay. In fact, um, in Exhibit B, um, at least 14 times, um, Lori calls you a goddess or a powerful being or special. Yes. Okay. And she also would talk about your powers and your ability to influence the elements, wouldn't she? Yes. Okay. And so these texts, that's what she would say in text. Would she say similar things to you personally in, in conversations? Yes. Did she tell you you were special? She said that I was very special, that my mission was the most important one, and that um, they um, always were looking out for me because my mission was the most important one. And did she just say that once, or did she say that more than once? Several times. Okay. Over the course of, you know, the year and a half, you were friends with her. Correct. Okay. And um, Chad... He would call you a goddess. Yes. In fact, he in one of the texts, he called you a goddess of the earth. 
Correct. Um, and he, in his communications with you, he would regularly tell you how special you were, right? Yes, all the time. And he, in his texts and his calls with you, he let you know that you had a special mission to fulfill, right? Yes. Yes. And that special mission was a mission that he identified um, for you, right? Yes. And that special mission he gave you, um, he and Lori would reiterate in text and email and phone calls about how special you were and how special your powers were, right? Yes. And um, how did that make you respond when they when they constantly let you know how special you were, they constantly drew on faith and your belief. How did you feel? It made me feel very good and very special. I started to really believe it. Okay. And so they would have these conversations with you and they would they would make you feel this way. And did you feel empowered? Objection leading, yes. Judge. Well, it's asked already it's been responded to but it is leading understand I'll, I'll slow it down um so um my question is if if um chad and Lori made you feel special and empowered did you ever see that they did the same thing with other people um yes they did the same way with other people as well okay what about alex did you see the same sort of pattern happen with alex yeah. Um, Can you give us an example of how they made Alex feel empowered and special? Uh, they told him that um, Alex had been um, the angel that had come to um, Saul before he became Paul, and he was the one that had talked to him and made him blind and at that time so that um, he would mend his ways and become um, a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, they also told him that he had been an angel before and that um, he was an angel that had had appeared to Joseph Smith. And um, they told him that he had been... Um, in other creations, he had been um, exalted um, with um, with his wife. His wife's name was Holly, and that he had been um, a very powerful um, warrior, and that he had unmasked um, Satan in another creation, and that is the reason why um, Satan. Um, had so much um, animosity towards him. Um, so let me ask you, you had multiple conversations with Alex. Did Alex believe what Lori and Chad told him about his power from his previous lives? Yes, he believed it. Um, in fact, if I remember some other evidence correctly, did Alex, um, after hearing about the need to move to Rexburg, quit his job? Yes, he quit his job and he moved to Rexburg. Okay, he sold items and, um, and, and that was at the direction of Lori and the direction of Chad? 
Yes, they gave him a blessing and told him to move to Rexburg. So, so make sure I understand, he quit his job and moved to Rexburg. Yes, he even left a lot of his belongings in his house, and he broke his lease and moved to Rexburg. And one of his, do I have this right? One of his primary missions was to protect Lori? Is that correct? Um, uh, Chad and Lori were telling him that the only reason why he had come to Earth in this time was the sole purpose was to protect Lori. So um, each time the group did a casting, and I, I want to make sure the castings weren't a prayer group, were they? Um, yes, um, some of them were. Okay. And the castings themselves, were they part of a, um, a prayer service, or did they have another added element? Um, there was added elements to it. Okay. I, I don't, we've heard a lot about it, so I'm not going to go down there. But I, I guess my question is, it, each time that there was a casting done on the, the demon or the dark spirit that was in Charles Vallow, did each dark spirit, um, according to Lori and what she was, what she told you, each time that a dark spirit entered Charles, did that dark spirit get Stronger? Judge again, she's leading it and she's, she's I'm, been doing I'm trying to transition. I'll move quickly. It's sustained. It's sustained. Okay. All right. Um, can you tell me, did the strength of the uh, spirit that entered Charles Vallow each time after a camp, uh, after a casting, did it increase or decrease? Again, Judge, this is leading. Uh, overruled that time. Thank you. Um, um, they, uh, Loria said that the first one um, had just followed him for a couple years and knew everything about him. The second one was a very powerful one that had been around um, for um, hundreds of years and had done that very many times. And then by the time we got to Hiblos, um, Hiblos was um, a very powerful, um, extremely powerful um, demon, and this one um, was um, almost impossible to cast out because he was so experienced and, and so powerful. And um, and so in order for a body, not a person, not to be possessed again by another dark spirit, the body had to be destroyed. Is that right? Um, correct. Okay. And Alex believed that? Alex believed everything they told him. Thank you. I have nothing further. All right. Thank you, Ms. Smith. conclude the testimony then for this witness. You can go ahead and be excused. Is the witness under subpoena? I apologize. I was struggling to turn on the mic this morning. I apologize. So I would ask that she be excused. All right. Any objection? No, Your Honor. Okay. The witness can be excused and released from the subpoena. There's one issued.
All right, the state can call its next witness. State calls Colby Ryan. Mr. Ryan, before we get started, just a few things. Uh, first, have you followed any of the testimony of this trial online on the news or watched it from any of the viewing locations? No. Okay, thank you for that. Also, we are making a record with the court reporter, so please make verbal responses to any questions and try to avoid speaking at the same time as anyone asking you any questions. Sounds good. With that in mind, Mr. Wood, you can inquire. Thank you. Mr. Ryan, can you state your name and spell your last name for the record? So it's Colby Ryan. Last name is R-Y-A-N. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ryan, how do you know the defendant, Lori Vallow? She's my mother. Okay. I'd ask that uh, the witness be shown states exhibits six and four. Those are previously admitted, correct? Yes. All right. Exhibit six and four are both being shown to the witness. Mr. Ryan, can you just uh, briefly look at those and familiarize yourself with those exhibits? <clears throat> and then if, Your Honor, if I could publish those to the jury very quickly. You can. Mr. Ryan, I'm going to show you what's been previously marked and admitted. States Exhibit 6. Do you recognize that person? Yes. Who is that? Um, that's my sister, Tylee. Brian. Okay. What was your specific relation with Tylee Ryan. She was my half-sister. Okay. Mr. Ryan, I'm going to show you what's been marked previously and admitted as States Exhibit 4. Do you know that person? Yes. Who was that? My little brother, JJ Vallow. Okay. What's your specific relation with JJ Vallow? He was my adopted brother. Okay. Mr. Ryan, do you know who Charles Vallow was? Yes. Who was he? He's my stepfather. Okay. Uh, do you know approximately how long he was your stepfather? Um, 13 years, I think. Okay. Do you recall the day that Charles Vallow Past, Charles Vallow died? Yes. Okay. 
Did you happen to have a conversation with Lori Vallow about how he died? Yes. Where were you when you had that conversation? I was at work. Okay. What time of day was it? Around 2 or 3 p.m. Okay. And uh, was it on the telephone? Yes. Did you call her or did she call you? She called me. Okay. Uh, what did she tell you about Charles Vallow's death? She told me that he had died from a heart attack. From a heart attack? From a heart attack. Okay. Did she say anything about him being shot? No. Okay. Did you go over to Lori Ballow's house that day? Yes. Uh, when did you go over? After my shift, around 7. So I got there around 7.30. Okay. What did you see when you got there? When I opened the door, um, Tylee had answered the door and gave me a hug, and I didn't see anybody else in the house when I opened the door. Okay. Uh, did you did you go inside? Yes. What did you see when you went inside? After I saw Tylee, I saw Alex sitting on the couch watching TV. Okay. And did you observe anything out of the ordinary about... Alex. And let me clarify, is this Alex Cox? Yes. Okay. Did you observe anything out of the ordinary about Alex Cox? Yes. What was that? He was wearing a white bandage around his head. Okay. Uh, did you speak with him? Yes. What was the nature of that conversation? I asked him why he was wearing the bandage, and he said that he got hit in the head with a bat and then shot Charles. Okay. Was that the first time you heard that Charles had been shot? Yes. Okay. Did you see Lori Vallow that night? Yes. What was her general demeanor? Um, calm. Okay. Did you ever have a chance to speak with Lori Vallow about Charles Vallow's life insurance policy? Yes. Uh, when was that conversation? A few weeks after Charles was killed. And what did she tell you? She just had mentioned that she wasn't receiving any of the life insurance money from Charles. Okay. Was it your understanding from your conversation uh, that Lori Vallow believed she was the beneficiary of Charles's life insurance policy until after he died? Yes. Okay. Uh, when Charles was alive, did you ever have occasion to speak with Lori Vallow? about her and Charles's finances? Yes. How often would that happen? I would say maybe monthly or twice a month, or twice every other month. Okay. Uh, what, what was the general nature of those conversations? Mostly to tell me that they were um, quote-unquote out of money. I'll object to any hearsay, Your Honor. I don't know who he's referring to. Uh, the question was regarding Lori Vallow. I'll overrule it. Well, he's quoting either Charles or Lori. I don't know which. All right, why don't you ask another question, Mr. Wood, and clarify who the sure. speaker would be. Thank you. Mr. Ryan, uh, in regards to the, the question I just asked, were those conversations with Lori Vallow? Yes. Okay. And you testified that she would frequently tell you that she and Charles were out of money. Yes. Thank you. 
Do you know who Tylee Ryan's father was? Yes. Okay. Who was he? Joe Ryan. Do you know if he is alive or deceased? He's deceased. Do you know when that happened? In 2018. Okay. Do you know uh, when in 2018? I don't remember. Okay. Were you aware if Tylee Ryan received Social Security benefits when Joe Ryan passed away? Yes. I'll object foundation. There would need to be additional foundation there, okay. Mr. Wood, to know how this witness would have that information. All right. Colby, did, or Mr. Ryan, uh, did you ever speak with Tylee Ryan about money? Yes. Um, are you... Are you aware she had a bank account? Yes. Uh, did you ever receive money from Tylee Ryan? Yes. And did you, uh, how did you know where the money she gave you came from? I'll object, Your Honor. That can only be answered by hearsay. I tend to agree with that, Mr. Wood. Is there some exception to the hearsay rule that would apply? Um, declarant unavailable because she's deceased. Well, there are different rules for declaring unavailable. I don't know that this falls within any of the exceptions for an unavailable. I, I'll rephrase the question, Your Honor. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wood. Did you ever receive money from Tylee Ryan? Yes. Okay. Uh, how often would that usually happen? Um, mo mostly just randomly through oh. Venmo, maybe. Okay, and so you, you would receive money through her, from her through Venmo? Yes. Okay. Um, to your knowledge, did Lori Vallow ever send you money by sending it to Tylee, who would then forward it to you through Venmo? Yes. And how do you know that? I would speak with my mom, and then she would send it to Tylee, and Tylee would use Venmo to send it to me. Okay. I'm going to call your attention to September 8th, 2019. Did you have a text conversation with Tylee Ryan that day? Yes. Uh, what was the general nature of that text conversation? I had asked her if she could transfer money over from Venmo to me. And how did she respond? I'll object, Your Honor, hearsay. All right, what's the response? Your Honor, it's not being offered for the truth of the matter. It's to, uh, it's offered to being show the effect on the, the witness. If it's not offered for the truth, Your Honor, then it's not relevant. Your Honor, there's many times evidence comes in not for the truth of the matter where it's relevant. Uh, I'm going to find, given the background here, what's already been laid in a foundation, I'll overrule the objection, finding under Rule 804B6 that this can come in as evidence of a material fact. Okay. So uh, you may want to re-ask the question so the witness can answer, Mr. Wood. Can, uh, can I ask the court reporter what my last question was?
How did she respond when you asked her to send uh, money to you? She said that she was no longer in control of her money and that my mom was handling it. Okay. Did you happen to speak to your mom that day? Yes. On September 8th, 2019? Yes. Uh, did she tell you where they were? Yes. Uh, did she? Uh, were you able to hear Tylee on that phone call? Yes. Where were they? They said that they were in the Yellowstone gift shop. Okay. Is that Yellowstone National Park? Yes. Okay. Did you ever happen to have a conversation with Lori Vallow after Charles Vallow's death about your sister's money? Yes. Um, what was the nature of that conversation? I don't really remember. Okay. Uh, do you recall your mother uh, speaking specifically about Tylee Ryan's money? I think so. Okay. And do you recall if she uh, mentioned her use of that money? She mentioned that she was going to be using that money for their lives, bills, and taking care of them while she found a new job. Okay. Mr. Ryan, were you contacted by the Gilbert Police on the night of November 27, 2019? Yes. Well, what was the purpose of that contact? They were asking where Tylee was first, and then afterwards they asked me where JJ was. Okay. Uh, was Tylee with you on November 27th of 2019? No. Uh, was JJ with you on the night of November 27th, 2019? No. Uh, at that time, had you had cause to be concerned about Tylee Ryan? Yes. Uh, what gave what gave rise to that concern? My conversations over text with her. Okay. And what was it about your conversations and text with Tylee that gave you concern? When I first texted her, I had followed up with a few different phone calls and FaceTimes. And then the texts I was receiving back were just in different language than how Tylee would type and talk and just the way she used her punctuation and things like that. It was just different. Okay. So was it fair to say you felt like it wasn't Tyler you were speaking with? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and do you know approximately how long you continued to receive text messages from her after you felt like it changed? A little bit after her birthday on the 24th, September 24th. Okay. Did you continue to receive money from her Venmo after September of 2019? I think so. Okay. Do you know approximately how many times you received money from her? I know the ones I remember were Cash App. But okay. I can't remember the Venmo specifically. Okay. So did you receive money from a Cash App? Yes. Okay. And was that under Tylee's name? No. Whose name was that under? It was under, there was two different accounts. One was under Lori Vallow, and I think the other one was Lori Vallow, something else. Okay. 
After Charles Vallow died, did Lori Vallow tell you she was going to get married again soon? Yes. Uh, when was this conversation? A few weeks after. Okay. Did she tell you who she was going to marry? No. Okay. I'm going to go back to when the Gilbert police contacted you on the night of November 27th, 2019. Did you contact Lori Vallow after the Gilbert police visited? Yes. Uh, what did you say to her? I asked her what was going on, why they were looking for the kids. And just to try to tell me what was happening. Okay. Did you know where Lori Vallow was on November 27th? No. Uh, were you aware if she had moved from the Phoenix area? Yes. Okay. Uh, did she ever tell you where she moved to? No. Did you have a conversation with her about where she'd moved to? No. Okay. Uh, did, did you ever ask her where she was? Yes. How did she respond? When she initially moved, she just told me she was moving somewhere cold and that it was dangerous for her to tell anybody where she was going. Okay. You said you spoke with her on the night of November 27, 2019, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Did you try to contact her on Thanksgiving? Yes. Uh, what happened? Her phone was disconnected. Okay. Were you able to contact her after that? No. The state has no further questions at this time, Your Honor. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wood. Um, Mr. Archibald, do you want to start your cross at this point, or would you like to take our mid-morning break and start cross after the break? I'll leave it up to you. Okay. I think the timing works out well for that. So we'll go ahead and take our mid-morning break, and then Mr. Archibald uh, can commence with his cross-examination after that, so uh, right around 1030. All right, please. All right, thank you, Madam Clerk. We're back on the record on KCR 22211624, State of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow. We just concluded our mid-morning break. I briefly discussed with <clears throat> counsel in chambers an issue of the ordering of witnesses at this time, understanding the defense intended to call uh, Mr. Ryan also as a witness. So. I'll allow some latitude in the scope of the cross-exam based on that representation and allow the state any further redirect as well. So with that in mind, um, we'll have the jurors brought back in and you can commence with your cross-examination then, Mr. Archibald.
All right, thank you. Please be seated. All right, we'll next uh, continue with any cross-examination. Mr. Archibald, you can cross-examine at this time. I'll remind the witness, Mr. Ryan, you're still under oath for purposes of your testimony today. Good morning, Mr. Ryan. Good morning. Uh, how old are you? 27. And your mom is Lori, and who's your dad? My dad is William LaJoya. And uh, as a child, did you have a relationship with him? No. As a child, who raised you? My mother. And then did you also have a stepdad? Yes. And what was his name? Joseph Ryan. And is that where you get the surname Ryan? Yes. So did, did Joseph Ryan actually ever adopt you, or did you just take his name? I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, as far as you know, your name is Colby Ryan? Yes. All right. And uh, are you single or married? I'm married. And how many children do you have? Two. And how old are they? Four and one. And has Lori ever met your children? Objection relevance. What's the relevance of that? It's just foundation, Your Honor, just background. I'll overrule that objection. You can answer. She met my oldest daughter when she was a baby. Okay. And uh, you have siblings, Tylee and JJ? I did. And how much older are you than Tylee? Six years. And how much older are you than JJ? I'm not exactly sure of the age difference. Was your early childhood with uh, your mom and Joe Ryan, was that a good childhood or bad? Bad. And why is that? Objection relevance. Overruled. Without going into the details, Mr. Ryan, uh, did your stepfather abuse you? Objection yes. relevance, and I think we need to approach. Let's have a sidebar, counsel. All right, after a sidebar, the court is going to sustain the state's objection. I'll instruct the jury to disregard that last question that was asked. It won't be answered. And Mr. Archibald, you can continue your inquiry. Did your mother, Lori, protect you from Joe Ryan? Uh, same objection. Overruled. Yes. 
Did she protect her, your sister, Tylee, from Joe Ryan? Yes. When your, your mother, Lori, protected you from Joe Ryan, was that by moving away from him? Yes. And was that also by divorcing him? Yes. And then your next stepdad was Charles Vallow? Yes. And did you have a good relationship with him? Yes. And did he treat you better than Joe Ryan? Absolutely. And you uh, were able to form a relationship with Charles Vallow? Yes. And did you and your brother and sister, Tylee and JJ, have... Uh, have fun times growing up with Charles Allen. Yes. Did uh, did you have a good relationship with Tylee and JJ? Yes. Now, uh, did did Tylee have uh, some health issues? Yes. What did she have? <clears throat> when she was younger, she had pancreatitis and had to go to the hospital for that. And, and pancreatitis can be sometimes a painful, debilitate, debilitating disease. Yes. Okay. And so you you saw that entirely that should have to go to the hospital for that. Yes. And did JJ uh, have special needs? Yes. And do you know what those were? I think he was diagnosed with autism. And did your mother, Lori, uh, care for uh, your needs, Tylee's needs, and JJ's needs when you were growing up? Yes. Did you have some struggles as a teenager? Yes. Most teenagers do, right? Mm-hmm. And was she able to help you through those struggles? Sure. Uh, did you, uh, were you involved in athletics as a, as a teenager? Yes. And did that also help you through your teenage years? Yes. Did you struggle with depression as a teenager? Yes. And did Tylee also? Yes. And were you and Tylee able to talk about how to work through the depression? Objection relevance. Sustained. Did you have suicidal thoughts as a teenager? Objection yes. relevance. Uh, before you answer, let me rule on the objection. I'll sustain the objection and move to, or I'll strike the answer and instruct the jury not to disregard that last answer. Did your mother, Lori, help you and Tylee with thoughts of lack of self-worth? Yes. Did your mother encourage you to do good things in your life? Yes. Did your mother encourage Tylee to do good things in her life? I don't know. Were you out of the home by then? Probably. Okay. So you're uh, six years older than Tylee? Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you left the home? Seventeen. And, and where did you go when you were 17? Kansas. And who did you live with there? My uncle, Adam. Okay. And then 
Uh, did you come back to live with Lori and Charles again? Yes. And where where were you living then? In Chandler, Arizona. And uh, did you graduate from high school? No. Did you get your GED? Yes. And is that the same with Tylee? Yes. Tylee did not graduate from high school but got her GED as well. Direction leading. Overall, you can answer. Yes, she did. And so uh, when you moved back home, did you uh, go to college or what did work or what did you do? I went to school. And where did you go to school? Chandler Gilbert Community College. All right. Did you also uh, go on, a, on an LDS mission? Yes. And how old were you when you did that? 18. And where did you go? Nampa, Idaho. And... and uh, how long did that last? Six weeks at the most. And then you decided uh, to go home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so did you actually make it to Nampa, or, or were you still being trained? Yes, I relevance. It. I'll sustain the objection, uh, ask the jurors to disregard that last answer. Did Was your mother supportive of your decision to go on a mission and then to come home from a mission. Yes. When, uh, when you were taught by my client, uh, did she teach you about Jesus? Yes. Did you and your mother sing songs about Jesus? At church. Uh, did your mother teach you to believe in Jesus? <clears throat> she built the foundation. And uh, did she teach you about uh, multiple lives? Did you ever hear that from her? No. Did she teach you about multiple creations? Did you ever hear that from her? No. Did she teach you that you... Uh, was someone else, that you were someone else in another life, in another world? No. Did she tell you that you had been someone else in a previous life in another creation? Objected. Object asked and answered. Overruled. You can answer. No. Did she teach you about zombies? No. Did she teach you about casting out evil spirits? No. Did she teach you about light and dark scales? No. Did she teach you about vibrations? She said stuff about vibrations, but she never talked to me. And, and what, what, what was vibrations about? I don't know. She said me and her had the same vibration. Did she say that as a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Okay. I would assume did, good. Did you take it as a good thing? I didn't take it as anything. Okay. As a child, uh, did she teach you that she was a goddess? No. Did she teach you that she was a leader of the 144,000? No. Did she teach you that the LDS, Latter-day Saint religion, was wrong? No. Did she teach you that you should join a new church called the Church of the Firstborn? No.
when she taught you about Jesus, were they stories of Jesus healing sick people? We read scriptures, if that's what you're talking about. When she taught taught you about Jesus as a child, did she teach you that Jesus cast out evil spirits? No. Did she ever tell you that Jesus killed someone? No. So were you still at home when uh, Charles filed for divorce from Lori? No. Uh, Were you at home when they reconciled? No. How was your relationship to Alex Cox? (coughs) Minimal. Uh, How would you describe him? Odd. Was he always odd? He was crude and kind of funny and odd. Uh, did you? What did you think of the relationship between Alex Cox and your mother? I didn't really see Alex a lot until around my wedding. No, so he wasn't someone who. Uh, came to visit you as a child? Not really. And then, what year was it you got married? 2018. So in 2018, uh, did you start to see Alex more? Yes. And then, but you were trying to spend less time because you had a new wife. Uh, you tried to spend less time around your mother and Alex. I wouldn't say less time. I moved out. Okay. And uh, and you wrote uh, a book of, since uh, since this case started. Is that is that true? Yes. And the book is called "The God Over Odds." Does that sound right? Yes. And you, what what is the purpose of your book? It's my testimony about how Jesus loves you about how he got me through my life. And so Jesus is a is a good figure in your life. Yes. Not someone who would wreak damage to others. No. You uh you also appeared on some some media stations, is that right? Yes. Uh some on YouTube. Um, yes. Was that your uh, God over odds media company? No. Okay. It, 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 is that still uh, uh, an ongoing concern, the media company? Or is Not that right a, now, no. Okay. And then you did uh, a docu-series, is that right? Mm-hmm. What, uh, were you paid for that? No. Okay. And uh, in, your, in this docu-series... Uh, let, let me read this quote and you tell me if that's what you said my mom has spent her whole life protecting us kids yes after she met Chad J- after she met Chad Daybell she changed I don't remember but yes Okay. and, and so those were the the 
you don't remember, but it, it, in that docuseries, could you said it could have said that? Yes. In your in your book and in your docu series, you you talk a lot about your about your childhood, mm-hmm. um, and and you you never once thought your mom would hurt someone. Is that fair to say? Yes. Did did you love your mom? Yes. Did she love you? think so your your book you have a quote this book is dedicated to my lord and savior jesus christ for always being there with me throughout my entire life does that sound right yes and who taught you that god was good church and my mom another quote from your book I'm here to tell you what God has done in my life and how he has gotten me through trying times he is my strength Does that sound right yes Another quote from your book, God knows us better than we know ourselves, so he knows how to use us. He used our lives to glorify his name. Does that sound right? Yes. Also in your book, I, I struggled with depression in my teen years. I've been suicidal because I saw no hope. Your Honor, I'm going to object based on our previous objection. Sustained. I'll ask the jurors to disregard that last question. You don't have thoughts of suicide now, do you? No. Objection. All right, it's already been asked and answered. I'll sustain the objection again. Ask the jurors to please strike that last answer. God has navigated me through all of life's obstacles. Is that a true statement? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. I don't have any other questions. All right, Mr. Wood, if the state would like redirect, uh, as we previously discussed, that went well outside the scope of your direct examination, so I'll allow you to go into any areas also brought up by the defense in that examination. Yep. You are made of the state. Take a brief recess. Yes. It's five minutes. Okay. Thank you. If it's five minutes, why don't we all have uh, Do we need to have the jurors excused?
or you just need to get something situated? I, I don't think we need to have the jury, the jurors. Okay, excused. well, I'll just stand then. If you want to stretch your legs, you may. Mr. Wood, if you'd like to commence with uh, redirect, you may. Thank you. Mr. Ryan, you, uh, defense asked you about when you moved out of the home. Yes. Okay. Um, since the time you moved out of your home, has your mom ever asked you for money? No. Uh, did she give you money? Yes. Okay. Um, did, did she ever ask you to do, uh, has she ever asked you for anything since you moved out of the home? Nothing but to help them move. Okay, just to help them move. Okay. Uh, your father's still alive? Yes. You don't receive Social Security benefits for a dead parent? No. Okay. Does your mom control your bank account? No. But you testified she's given you money, right? Yes. In fact, at some point, didn't she even give you Tylee's debit card to purchase yourself a birthday gift? Yes. Okay. In the last several years, did your mom ever ask you to attend any special religious meetings? No. Okay. So she didn't ask you to come to her house and listen to Chad Daybell? No. She didn't ask you to come to her house and participate in something called castings? No. When did you find out where your mom had moved to? After I saw it on the news. Okay. And do you recall when that was? That was December 19th, 2019. So she didn't share that information with you? No. When did you find out that your brother and sister were missing? The day that they had <clears throat> come to ask where they were. Okay. And did you ever ask your mom about that? No. Okay. Did you ever have a conversation with your mom about her life insurance policy? Yes. What was the nature of that conversation? I think when I was younger, she had told me that she had a life insurance policy, that if anything ever happened, that there was something there. Did she ever tell you that she was listing you as the sole beneficiary of a life insurance policy? I think when I was a teenager. Okay. And Tylee and JJ were alive then, right? Yes. But she only listed you? Yes.
I asked you earlier if your mom had asked you for anything. Uh, do you know if your mom asked Tylee for money? Yes. Okay. Your Honor, State has no further questions. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wood. Any recross on that, Mr. Archibald? No, Your Honor. Okay. That'll conclude your testimony then, Mr. Ryan. I believe Mr. Ryan may be here under subpoena also. Any objection to him being excused? Uh, no, we don't. Well, Your Honor, we'd ask that he be kept under the subpoena just uh, momentarily, but uh, we can excuse him at the moment. Okay. So you can go ahead and step down then. Uh, Mr. Ryan, just, I guess, remain here in the courthouse while you're still under subpoena until you receive further notice either from the court or the state. Thank you. All right, is the state ready to call its next witness? At this time, the state would ask to publish uh, State's Exhibit 34B to the jury. It's been previously admitted without objection. All right, any objection to that being published at this time from the defense? Well, Your Honor, if, um, if we have any questions about the, the audio, and maybe we can recall Mr. Ryan, uh, but but as of right now, um, it has been admitted, but I don't know why it wasn't played to the jury while we had a witness on the stand. Yeah, it's a little unusual to just play an audio without any witness on the stand, I would say. Um, I think the exhibits are, once they're admitted, they're part of the record, but they need to tie in somehow to a foundation of how they've come in, so. Your Honor, it was already explained that this was a jail phone call between Kobe Ryan and his mother. Uh, the foundation's already been established. Um, we've asked to keep him under subpoena in case he needed to be brought back in for questioning. Uh, but uh, due to the nature of it, uh, we would ask to be able to just publish it to the jury now. All right. I'll allow the exhibit, since it's been admitted, to be published. Uh, however, only on the condition that uh, Mr. Ryan remain available and subject to recall if the defense has any further questions for him subsequent to publishing the exhibit. So at this time we'll allow for the jurors to hear the recording on the exhibit 34B.
You think you can hide from me? Probably because you murdered my siblings. That's probably why you talking to you. Maybe you should understand. I didn't. I'm sorry that you found that way. You didn't do anything, right? Mom, I've prayed for you in my worst moments. I have prayed for my siblings. You swore to me we're okay. Mr. Wood, I apologize to interrupt. Could I have a brief sidebar with counsel? back on the record, I had a brief sidebar in relation to the, uh, I guess, requests that have been made to publish this exhibit without the witness on the stand. I further have considered whether that would be appropriate. I don't know what the uh, contents of the exhibit are because I've not yet reviewed them, but upon hearing it started, I think it would be appropriate that we would require the witness to be in attendance that is connected to this exhibit. So, uh, let me ask from the defense, does the defense wish to have the witness remain on the stand while the exhibit's published to the jury? Yes, Your Honor. I don't know if we'll have any questions for him after it's played, but I think, uh, I think both the state and the defense uh, should be entitled to uh, ask questions if necessary after it's played. All right. Um, in consideration of that, I do find it's appropriate that the witness who was previously sworn and under oath would still be so, and he'll uh, be required to observe through the publishing of this audio. So, Mr. Ryan, uh, apologies for the inconvenience here. If you just return back up to the witness stand, and I'll have you remain here through the publishing of this exhibit in case there are any further questions from either side once the exhibit's been played. Uh, Mr. Wood, with that in mind, if you could start the recording over at the beginning, then we'll have it published to the jury at this time. I have 
worst moments I've prayed for my siblings who swore to me were okay. I thought I could trust you. I thought that you were a completely different person. Do you know that you told me 
says it now. Where was my offer? I was the offer. Well, you I had a great man for Florida Well, me, I had a Christmas bridal way together in Hawaii. How about that? If you would offer me, you would know. You cannot sit here and lie. That's not everything. That is not the truth. Okay? That's what people are thinking. They're assuming. And then you walked away. So that concludes the publication of Exhibit 34B. Does the defense have any further questions for the witness at this time? No questions, Your Honor. All Thank right. you, Mr. Ryan. Okay. Um, at this point, then, can the witness be excused and released from the subpoena? Yes, Your Honor. Any objection? No objection. 
Okay, that'll conclude your testimony in the trial then, Mr. Ryan. Thank you for appearing. I'll ask the state next if you want to get into another witness at this time or perhaps um, start the lunch break at this time is another option too. I think we can do that if that makes more sense given the timing. Uh, it, perhaps it would be best to break for lunch and then we can start as soon as I get back. Okay. We'll uh, do that then. We'll try to be restarting no later than um, 12.30, so uh, we'll take the lunch recess at this time. All right, please. District Court to get a session. Thank you. Please be seated. Back on the record on case CR 22211624, State of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow. We just concluded our lunch recess. We're ready to start with afternoon evidence. Uh, is the state ready to call another witness? Yes, Your Honor. All right. We'll go ahead and uh, have the jurors brought in, and then you can call your next witness, Mr. Wood.
All right. Thank you, Mr. Bailiff. Please be seated. All right. We'll note on the record that the uh, council is all present as well as the defendant. So at this time, the state is continuing with its case in chief. Uh, if the state wishes to call another witness at this time, you may. The state calls Mark Sari. Very well. As we get started, uh, Mr. Sari, just I first want to inquire, have you been following the trial testimony or listened to it in any way in this trial since it started? I have not. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, please make verbal responses to any questions you're asked because we're making a court record. Try to avoid speaking at the same time as anyone that's questioning you. And with that in mind, Mr. Wood, you can inquire on direct. Thank you. Can you please state your name for the record and spell your last name? Mark Sari, S-A-A-R-I. Thank you. What is your occupation? I'm a special agent, the Social Security Administration, Office of Inspector General. Okay. You say for the Inspector General? Correct. Okay. Uh, what are your qualifications to be a special agent uh, for the Social Security Administration and Inspector General? So I was a prior deputy U.S. Marshal for approximately 13 years. I completed the Criminal Investigator Training Program at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Quinco, Georgia. Okay. And what are your duties as a special agent? I investigate allegations of fraud, waste, and abuse. Okay. Related to? Social Security Administration uh, fraud, correct. Okay. How did you become involved in the investigation regarding Tylee Ryan, J.J. Vallow, and Lori Vallow? In or about January of 2020, our office was contacted by the FBI out of Phoenix, Arizona, requesting assistance locating missing children, J.J. Um, Vallow, as well as Tylee Ryan. Okay. And what was the purpose of your investigation? To determine if there was any kind of fraud related to the children's benefits being misused by their mother, Lori Vallow. Okay. Uh, what steps did you take in your investigation? What were your initial steps? I reviewed police reports from the Rexburg area, met with the FBI as well as other law enforcement in the area, served, I believe, several subpoenas. Okay. Uh, pursuant to your investigation, was Tylee Ryan receiving Social Security benefits? Yes, she was. Uh, do you know why she was receiving Social Security benefits? based upon her father, Joe Ryan, who was deceased in 2018. Okay. Do you know when he was deceased? I believe in or about April of 2018. Okay. And do you know how much uh, per month Tylee Ryan received in Social Security benefits? 
approximately 1859 in the year of 2019. Okay. Do you know if, pursuant to your investigation, was there ever a change for the financial institution receiving the direct deposit funds for Tati Ryan? There was. What was the first account she received her Social Security funds in? It was a J.P. Morgan Chase account. Okay. And did that sw then switch to another account? It did. Uh, what account, what was the institution that it switched to? To a BBVA account. Okay. And do you recall when that would have happened? The change was made on or about August 20th of 2019. Okay. Uh, when such a change takes place, um, would there have been a notice to the guardian of a minor child receiving Social Security benefits? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you know how they would have received it? It would have been a letter sent to Lori Vowell's last known address. Okay. Uh, do you know if that's an automatic, automatically generated notice? Yes, it is. Okay. Have you reviewed such a notice uh, in regards to this change in financial institutions? I have. Okay. Um, Your Honor, I'm going to ask that the witness be handed State's Exhibit 114C. has been handed the exhibit. Mr. Sari, do you recognize this document? I do. What does it purport to be? It reports the change of bank account direct deposit information for Tylee Ryan that occurred on or about August 20th, 2019. And is this, uh, did you review this document as part of your investigation? I have. Okay. And is this a true and accurate representation of the records kept by the Social Security Administration? Yes. Your Honor, I'd ask that this that State's Exhibit 114C be entered into evidence. Any objection? No, no objection, Your Honor. Okay. Exhibit 114C has been <clears throat> admitted. Uh, may I publish it to the jury? You may. Who is that letter addressed to? Lori Vallow for Tylee A. Ryan. Okay. And um, under the section, what you should know, can you just read that first paragraph? As you requested on or about August 20th, 2019, we changed Tylee Ryan's direct deposit information. We will send her direct deposit, we will send her Social Security payments to the new financial institution or account you selected. Thank you. Mr. Sorry, um, oops. I guess I should call you Agent, Agent Sorry. Uh, pursuant to your investigation, are you aware of when uh, Social Security payments 
for Tyree Ryan ended? Yes. When was that? In or about the month of January 2020. Why did they end? Based upon Social Security having her benefits suspended on or about January 3rd, 2020. Okay. And why did Social Security suspend those benefits? Due to the children's whereabouts being unknown. Okay. Um, pursuant to your investigation, did J.J. Vallow receive Social Security benefits? Yes, he did. Why did he receive benefits? Based upon his father, Leland Charles Vallow, uh, being deceased in or about July 2019. Okay. And how much did he receive per month? Approximately 1951 per month in the month, every per month in the year of 2019. Okay. Uh, when did those payments begin? They began on or about September 18, 2019. And do you know uh, when those payments stopped being dispersed? Yes. How, when was that? In or about January 2020. Okay. And are you aware through your investigation why they ended? Similar to Tylee, based upon the child's whereabouts being unknown. Okay. Now, when Tylee and JJ received Social Security benefits, are those considered survivor benefits? They are. Um, are you aware through your investigation if Lori Vallow received Social Security benefits? Yes. What kind of benefits did she receive? It was called Mother, Child, and Care Benefits. Okay. Um, what are the conditions for a Mother, Child, and Care Benefit? For a mother to be married to her spouse at the time of his death. And then secondly, she cannot remarry to continue receiving benefits. Okay. And I assume she has to have a minor child. Correct. Okay. Uh, when did Lori Vallow begin receiving those mother and care benefits? Uh, the same date as JJ did on September 18, 2019. And do you know how much she, she received a month? Approximately 1951 per month. Okay. Did the monthly amount she received ever change? It did. Do you know why? In the month of January 2020, the last month she had benefits, uh, she had a, a small garnishment from U.S. Treasury. Okay. A small garnishment? Uh, and I think you just said the last month she received it, but when did disbursement stop being made for Lori Vallow? In or about January 2020. And why did they end? Due to the child's whereabouts being unknown, JJ's whereabouts being unknown. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk with you real quick about if if an individual is receiving social social security benefits, do they ever have a duty to notify the Social Security Administration of any changes in circumstances? Yes. Um, what kind of changes in circumstances require notification? If a child is no longer under your care, if a child is deceased, also um, a change of address, that sort of thing. Okay. And are individuals who apply for Social Security benefits notified that they are required to provide that information to the Social Security Administration? Yes. 
how are they notified of that? After their application, they receive a letter uh, for the application summary. They also receive also it's called a notice of awards. So we receive two different letters, giving them warnings on their requirement to report to Social Security of any kind of changes. Okay. Um, pursuant to your investigation, are you aware if Lori Vallow ever received such a notification? Yes. Um, do you know if she received such a notification when uh, benefits were applied for for J.J. Vallow? Yes. Your Honor, I'm going to ask that the witness be handed State's Exhibit 114B. Very well. Agent, do you recognize that document? I do. Uh, what does it purport to be? This is the mother, child, and care reporting responsibilities that were sent to Lori Vallow on behalf of her child, JJ. And is that the, is that type of record regularly kept uh, by the Social Security Administration? Yes, it is. And did you review that record as part of your investigation? Yes, I have. Is that a true and accurate uh, representation uh, of the reporting responsibility notification you described earlier? Yes, it is. Your Honor, I ask that State's Exhibit 114B be admitted into evidence. Any objection? All right, there being no objection, 114B is admitted. May I publish to the jury? Yes. Agent, I'm going to just point to a line with my pen, if you could read it. Any beneficiary dies or becomes unable to handle benefits. Okay. And can you read the first one as well? You or any child changes mailing address for checks or residence. To avoid delay in receipt of checks, you should also file a regular change of address notice with your post office. Can you read that line? Custody change. Report if a child for whom you are filing or who is in your care dies, leaves your care or custody, or changes address. Oh, and then this one. 
change of marital status, marriage, divorce, annulment of marriage of any child, you must report marriage even if you believe that an exception applies. Agent, um, did Lori Vallow ever report to the Social Security Administration that Ty Ryan died or was missing? She did not. Did Lori Vallow ever report to the Social Security Administration that J.J. Vallow died or was missing? She did not. Did Lori Vallow ever report that Tylee and J.J. had moved from Arizona to Rexburg? She did not. Did Lori Vallow ever report to the Social Security Administration that she married Chad Daybell on November 5th of 2019? She did not. And did Lori Vallow ever report to the Social Security Administration that she moved to Hawaii in November or December of 2019? She did not. The state has no further questions at this time. All right. Thank you, Mr. Wood. Uh, who's going to conduct cross-examination? I don't have any questions, Your Honor. All right, then that will conclude the testimony of uh, Agent Sari. Is he here on subpoena? He is, Your Honor. All right, may he be released? Any objection to that from the defense? No objection. All right, uh, you can be released from the subpoena then. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you. Your Honor, the state would next call Chuck Consitus, but we'd ask for a, a sidebar before we do that. Okay. Discuss some logistics. Whenever you're ready, Mr. Wood, you can call your next witness. State calls Detective Chuck Consitus. Okay. Before you commence with the examination, counsel, let me just ask uh, the detective, have you reviewed or listened to or followed any of the trial testimony so far in this case? No, sir. Okay, thank you for that. I'll just advise you to please make uh, verbal, audible responses to your questions and try to avoid talking at the same time as anyone questioning you so we can keep a clear record. With that in mind, Mr. Wood, you can inquire. Thank you, Your Honor. Before I inquire, the state would move uh, by way of stipulation uh, 
to enter into evidence multiple business records, affidavits. And if you'd like, I can go read through the exhibit numbers on those. Okay. Let's go through and call out each exhibit number, and I'll confirm that there's no objection. Okay. State's Exhibit 63. Any objection to that being admitted? Your Honor, it's true that under Idaho Rule of Evidence 902, business records, we are not intending to object. Okay. Thank you for that. So 63 will be admitted. State's Exhibit 64. Any objection as to 64? No, Your Honor. All right. 64 is admitted. State's Exhibit 65. Any objection as to 65? No, Your Honor. That will be admitted. State's Exhibit 66. Any objection on 66? No, Your Honor. That's admitted. State's Exhibit 67. Any objection from the defense on that exhibit? No, Your Honor. 67 is admitted. State's Exhibit 68. Any objection from the defense on 68? No, Your Honor. 68 is admitted. State's Exhibit 70. Any objection as to 70? No, Your Honor. That one will be admitted. State's Exhibit 71. Any objection on 71? No, Your Honor. Thank you. 71 is admitted. State's Exhibit 72. Any objection as to 72? No, Your Honor. Thank you. 72 is admitted. State's Exhibit 73. Any objection on that exhibit from the defense? No, Your Honor. All right. 73 is admitted. State's Exhibit 74. Any objection? No, Your Honor. All right. Exhibit 74 is admitted. State's Exhibit 75. Any objection on that exhibit? No, Your Honor. All right. 75 is admitted. State's Exhibit 77. Any objection as to 77? No, Your Honor. 77 is admitted. State's Exhibit 78. Any objection as to 78? No, Your Honor. All right. 78 is now admitted. State's Exhibit 79. Any objection as to Offered Exhibit 79? No, Your Honor. 79 is admitted. State's Exhibit 80. Any objection? No, Your Honor. Exhibit 80 is admitted. State's Exhibit 81. 
Any objection as to 81? No, Your Honor. Exhibit 81 is admitted. State's Exhibit 87. Any objection on that exhibit? Did you say 82 or 87? 87. No objection. Okay, 87 is admitted. State's Exhibit 88. Any objection? No, Your Honor. 88 is admitted. State's Exhibit 94. Any objection as to 94? No, Your Honor. 94 is admitted. State's Exhibit 95. Any objection? No, Your Honor. That exhibit's admitted. State's Exhibit 96. Any objection as to 96? No, Your Honor. That one is admitted also. Exhibit 97. Any objection? No. 97 will be admitted. State's Exhibit 90. 9-0? Yes. All right, Exhibit 90. Any objection? No. Very well. Exhibit 90 is now admitted. State's Exhibit 91. Any objection? No objection. 91 is admitted. State's Exhibit 92. Any objection? No objection. All right, thank you, Counsel. Next exhibit. 100. I'll note 92 is admitted. Any objection as to 100?
Your Honor, I, I don't see the certificate of authenticity on Exhibit 100. They can point that out to me. All right, that exhibit for now, we can pass that over. You can take a look at the issue, Mr. Wood, and bring that up. I'll have the bailiff hand a copy to the defense. All right, then as to Exhibit 100, upon further review, is there a continuing objection, or is it stipulated to be admitted? Your Honor, the document they handed me appears to be the certificate of authenticity, so I do not object. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Archibald. So Exhibit 100 will be admitted. A few of these got a little bit out of order, so I apologize. State's Exhibit 98. Exhibit 98. No objection. Thank you. 98 will be admitted. State's Exhibit 99. Any objection? No objection. Thank you. 99 is admitted. 101. Any objection? No objection. All right. 101 is admitted. The last one is State's Exhibit 121. Any objection on 121? No objection. Okay. 121 is admitted then. If you'll give me just a moment, counsel, I'm going to confer with the clerks. Mr. Wood, it's brought to my attention some of these exhibits have sub-letter exhibits within them. Is it true that any number admitted is not objected to, including subparts? That's the State's understanding. All right. Does the defense understand that also, that when I admitted some certain number, if it has subparts, those are admitted as well? Yes. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. All right. With that then, just 
briefly, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I know that was uh, took some time to go through that. The attorneys, I appreciate very much working together to discuss evidence uh, in an effort to keep things running efficiently. Um, these exhibits are all admitted, and the court has to very carefully keep track of what evidence comes into the case and what does not. That's the reason for going through each one of those individually as we did to make sure that at the time of your deliberations you receive the right documents and don't receive something you're not supposed to have. So that's the rationale for doing what we did there. Um, in terms of your note-taking, etc., cetera, uh, these are records that you'll be able to have for your deliberations now that they've been admitted. So thank you again, Council, for uh, going through this in advance. And with that, Mr. Wood, you can inquire further of the witness. Thank you. Uh, Your Honor, did the court have its inquiry it wanted to make? You've been making an inquiry with each witness. I don't think one's been made so oh, far. Oh, as to whether or not... I don't recall now if I asked uh, the witness if he's reviewed any of the prior trial proceedings. Um, have you reviewed or seen any of the trial testimony so far in the case? Okay, thank you for that, and I appreciate you bringing that to my attention as well, Mr. Wood. And, Your Honor, before I begin questioning, I just, uh, pursuant to the conversation with the court and counsel in sidebar, uh, the witness does have a stack of documents uh, at the witness desk. Uh, and we would ask him to, to not look at any until he's specifically asked to look at them. Um, uh, All right. So for the witness, then, when you testify, if you are referring to some specific document, you'll need to identify what that document is when you're referring to it of those exhibits that have now been admitted. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> Can you state your name and spell your last name for the record? My name is Chuck Consitis. K-U-N-S-A-I-T-I-S. What is your, uh, what is your occupation? I am employed with the city of Rexburg as a police officer. How long have you been uh, a police officer with the city of Rexburg? Almost 23 years. Have you ever worked for another law enforcement agency? I have not. Are you post-certified? I am. Graduated post-class 131. And have you continued receiving training over your, the last 23 years? Yes. Okay. And what is your current rank? I hold the rank of detective. How long have you been a detective? Since 2011. Okay. Uh, detective, how did you come to be involved in the case regarding Tylee Ryan, J.J. Vallow, and Lori Vallow, uh, and, and Tammy Dayville? Back on uh, November 27th of 2019, uh, I was aware that Detective Ray Hermosillo was issuing search warrants at the Rock Creek townhomes in Rexburg for three different townhomes uh, to conduct a welfare check on to locate J.J. Uh, Vallow. I was not part of that initial search warrant service. I arrived later in the afternoon. I met up with uh, Detective Hermosillo and asked if I could help. And he asked that I just walk through apartment 175 just to see if there was anything of evidentiary value that may have been missed. Okay. Uh, when you walked through, did you find anything? I did. In the upstairs master bedroom 175, there was a, a printer in the bedroom. And on that printer, there was an invoice. 
in the name of Lori Vallow for Self Storage Plus um, for unit number C52, and that is a self storage uh, facility located at 433 Airport Road in Rexburg. Okay. Uh, did you obtain a search warrant for that storage unit? We did later that evening. Okay. And did you execute that search warrant? I assisted Detective Hermosillo with that service. All right. A detective, at any time in your investigation, did you have occasion to write a warrant for a P.O. box in Sugar City, Idaho? Yes. Why did you do that? In this late December of 2019, we received uh, information from Gilbert uh, Police Department in Arizona that um, Lori Vallow had a post office box in Sugar City, Idaho. We followed up on that information. Okay. Um, and so did you, you, you wrote that warrant? Yes. And did you execute it? I did. Uh, what did you find uh, in executing that warrant? There was uh, a large bundle of mail, um, possibly around 100 pieces, um, addressed to Lori Ballow, addressed to her brother Alex Cox, and her uh, former husband, deceased Charles Ballow. Okay. Uh, did you find anything of interest uh, to your investigation in that mail? Yes, yeah, some of that mail we were able to discern it came from different financial institutions. Um, there were cell phone bills and things of those natures. Uh, there was also uh, mail from the Social Security Administration and IRS. Okay. Uh, at any time did you obtain a warrant for any other mail? We did. Around that same time, there was a gentleman by the name of Steve Cruz who was the owner of the townhome of number 107. This was the townhome that was applied for by Lori Vallow at the Rock Creek townhomes and there was abandoned mail that he wished to turn over to the police department and we obtained a warrant for that and, and there was uh, letters that were addressed or mail addressed to uh, Alex Cox and Lori Vallow. Okay. Based on what you found in that mail, did you serve any other warrants or subpoenas? Yes, for the, the mail, we uh, end up uh, sending out uh, search warrants and subpoenas to several financial institutions. Okay, uh, what was the purpose of obtaining financial records in your investigation? Well, in the hopes of finding uh, such a missing persons case as this was, where we were looking for uh, JJ and Tylee by this time, um, you can glean a lot of information from financial records. It's not only just how much is in the account, but you can look at uh, how much activity is taking place on an account, where the money is being spent, uh, whether it's done online or if it's done in person, if it's an everyday uh, account for uh, errands and those types of things. Okay. Uh, Detective, uh, did you create a list of financial institutions upon which you served warrants? Let me let me clarify that question. I'm sorry. As to Lori Vallow and Tylee Ryan, did you create a list of financial institutions upon which you serve, upon which you served warrants? I did. Did you prepare that list in, list in anticipation of testifying before the jury? Yes. Okay. Uh, did you prepare that list to aid the jury in uh, 
in knowing which financial institutions that you're speaking about and being able to keep track of them. Yes. Uh, and do you believe that uh, that demonstrative list uh, would so aid the jury? Yes. Your Honor, I'd ask that the witness be handed States Exhibit 62. The witness is being handed States Exhibit 62. Do you recognize that? I do. What is it? This is a financial account uh, attribution list that I created. Is this the same demonstrative list that I uh, spoke with you about earlier? Yes. And is it a true and accurate representation of what you created? It is. Your Honor, for demonstrative purposes, I'd ask that States Exhibit 62 be entered into evidence. Any objection? For those, for that purpose only, no objection. Okay, it's uh, admitted for the limited purpose of being a demonstrative exhibit. Thank you. I, I, if I could just, I forgot. Detective, could you pull uh, exhibit 62 from your folder? May I publish to the jury? Yes, you may. Detective, can you read that? Can you see that list? I can. Are these the accounts that you, can you just briefly summarize the accounts that you uh, either obtained information either from warrants or subpoenas? Yeah, we said, uh, obtained numerous accounts for banking records in this case, and uh, we were able to uh, narrow that down to the, the list that you see here. Uh, the, would you like me to go over each one of them? Just, br just briefly. Okay. So the first uh, one is titled uh, Lori Valadebel. These are accounts that are associated uh, with her. Uh, there's a J.P. Morgan Chase joint account with her former uh, husband, uh, Charles Vallow. There's a second J.P. Morgan Chase account that she shared uh, with Tylee Ryan, and you see the last four digits after each of those. Those are the last four digits of the account numbers and a way to keep track of things. There's a third account from J.P. Chase Morgan that was also a shared account with uh, Charles Vallow. That account ends in 0377. There is uh, two accounts associated with BBVA. There's a personal account that's a sole account user for Lori Vallow, and that ends in 3229. There is a joint account that Lori Vallow shared with Tylee Ryan, and that one ends in 5794. There's a Barclays Hawaiian credit card joint account that she shared with Charles Vallow. There are two card numbers associated with that account, and each card number is reflected after the name. There's an additional uh, Barclays uh, credit card joint account that Lori was a cardholder on, which sharing under her brother's Barclays account, and that would be Alex Cox. Alex had two cards, and Lori was issued one card. 
There's First Hawaiian Bank, and it's a personal account for uh, Lori Vallow. Chase Southwest Air, it's a joint credit card through uh, PFS Marketing and Premier Finances Services. This is uh, the um, business that Charles Vallow, her former husband, uh, I believe was the owner of and worked with. There's also a national life insurance of the Southwest. This is a life insurance policy that Lori had taken out uh, for uh, personal reasons. Okay. And just the the bottom for accounts associated with Tylee Ryan. Yes. Yeah, so the first two, the JP Chase and the BBVA are shown above. They're just uh, placed under Tylee Ryan's name. And you'll see the Chrysler Financial, uh, and it's uh, for a Jeep that Tylee purchased with uh, Charles Vallow. I'm sorry, it's for a A Jeep vehicle, Jeep Wrangler that was purchased through Chrysler Finance. Okay. Thank you. Detective, can you look at what's been marked as State's Exhibit 63A? Mm -hmm. And these are previously admitted, so. Um. All right, that exhibit is admitted. May I, may I publish to the jury? You may. Detective, can you let me know when you have 63A? I have it, my end. Uh, what is that document? This is the uh, banking application, account application signature card for Charles and Lori Vallow for the account of uh, which would become 0769. Okay. Uh, what was the significance of that account to your investigation? Well, we just learned that it was a, uh, a an everyday account that was used for uh, errands, um, paying bills, shopping. And this was also an account that would be talking to or sharing with the Tyler Ryan account, the 3918 account. What do you mean by talking to? Uh, there'd be transfers of monies from this account into Tylee's account, and also this would be the account that's associated with uh, when the account was closed, when Tylee's account closed. Okay. Can you look at State's Exhibit 63B? Is it, sure. Is it possible to just take these out so I'm not making a bunch of noise up here and just lay them down flat where I can't see them? That's fine if you want to do that. Okay. Take them out of the envelope and go through the stack if we're going to be going through all those records. Okay. 63B? Yes. Okay. I just know this previously admitted. What is that document? This is just a sample portion of the account activity of uh, the uh, 0769 account that uh, Lori has with Charles Vallow. It's dated from 610 on the uh, statement 
monthly statement, and it runs through, uh, I believe, July of 2019. Okay. Did you review uh, that account that ended in 0769? I did. Did you review all the documents that came in with it? I did. Are there regular deposits into the account? In this account, the deposits were uh, came in through um, online transactions from another account. Uh, the last deposit showing in this account came in, in July, just shortly after the death of Charles Vallow, and there were no more deposits coming in this account. In the uh, the um, bottom line of the account just kind of dwindles down until the account goes into overdrawn status in November. Okay. And that, just to clarify, that was the account, a jointly held account by Lori Vallow and Charles Vallow? Correct. Thank you. Detective, can you uh, pull out States Exhibit 63C? Can you identify that document? Yes, this is the signature page for Tylee Ryan's shared account with Lori Ballow for J.P. Chase Morgan and the account ends in 3918. Oh. I'm sorry, 3918. Yeah. Or just closer to the microphone probably. I know it's hard, but they pick up better if you talk right in. Okay. Uh, Detective, what was the, uh, the application date on that account? This account was signed on February 22nd of 2017. Detective, can you uh, pull out States Exhibit 63D? I have two 63Ds. Do you want to confirm with your witness, Mr. Yes, Bud, you can approach. if I can approach. Yes. So I have the cheese. Now, do you have 63D? I do. Do you recognize that document? I do. And what is it? This is a year's worth of banking statements for Tyler Ryan from January 2019 through uh, the end of October of 2019. Okay. And what was significant about that document to you or those records? Uh, a couple of things that stand out to me is that this is um, – heavily used, uh, lots of activity on this account. She's making a lot of transactions. 
Uh, she is uh, also showing that she's receiving uh, monthly Social Security stipends. Uh, and in the year 2019, she was receiving $1,859 a month. And it also shows that she is uh, making monthly uh, car payments for the Chrysler Jeep. Okay. Um, as you go through banking records, uh, are you able to tell the difference between uh, what I'm going to call brick-and-mortar payments and online payments? Yes. And are there uh, – can you just briefly describe the, the level of spending like at brick-and-mortar type uh, establishments? Uh, in this account, Tylee uses quite a bit of brick-and-mortar type establishments. She spends a lot of time at convenience stores and fast food restaurants, shopping centers, and those types of things. Um, and that is the majority, overwhelming majority of her spending on this account is with brick and mortar. Okay. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 63E? Okay. Do you have that? Yes. What does that document purport to be? This is the final statement in September, or correction, in August into September uh, for Tylee's account, of the 3918 account. What is significant about that document to your investigation? Well, for the majority of the month of, of August, you see her making purchases almost on a daily basis and multiple purchases on days. And it also shows her movements. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, we know that, that uh, Tylee and Lori and family moved to Idaho over the weekend of September 1st, as far as uh, our investigation found. And it shows her uh, making purchases up into, on September 1st, uh, there's her last in-person purchase is showing for uh, two McDonald's uh, restaurants in St. George on the 1st. I need to make a clarification if I can. You see the date in the far left column, that is the posting date. If you look next to uh, the McDonald's purchases, it says 9-1, and that would be the purchase date of the uh, product or transaction. Was there any record of any money being deposited into that account after the date shown after the last date shown on that record? No. In fact, uh, there the last payment for Tylee's Social Security ended in July for this account. The last purchase, our last deposit for her Social Security was in July 24th, I believe, of 2019. Okay. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 63F? Do you recognize that? Yes. What is that? 
this shows um, a final transaction being conducted on Tylee's account on September 20th. Uh, Tylee's account had drawn down to $10.04. And this is showing a transaction that was made on 920, which was an online transfer to Lori Vallow's Chase, JP Chase account 0769. Was there any, oh, was there anything significant about that transaction to you and your investigation? There was nothing uh, else from Tylee that was uh, done on this account. Okay. Are you familiar with, uh, um, through your investigation, has there been an established uh, last proof of life by the Rexburg Police Department for Tylee Ryan? Yes. And when was that? Between uh, September 8th and September 9th. Okay, thank you. Your Honor, if I may just briefly inquire, the uh, I've gotten a note that the the documents might be blurry on the small screens. I don't know if. Okay, I'm not sure how they're coming up for the most importantly for the jurors to view. So, if you want to put one on to publish, and we can inquire whether or not it's legible. Okay. Detective, can you pull out State's Exhibit 63G? 63G. I can actually view the witnesses monitor fairly well from okay. here, so maybe that'll help. Do you recognize 63G? I do. What is that document? This is an online administration tool that uh, users who um, bank with JP Chase Morgan can access into their own accounts and it establishes a personal identification number to each individual that has an account. So the page that's on your screen right now, um, can you identify uh, who is identified in that as users of this account? In that highlighted portion on the top line there, you'll see uh, a user ID for Tylee Ryan. Okay, and does it give a uh, an ID for uh, is there a profile ID or profile number for her? Yes, underneath uh, where it says online profile in that left-hand column, just down a few spots, it actually gives a profile ID number. And in this case, it ends in zero two one two. Your Honor, I'd ask that the witness be handed a a pointer so that he can point to the screen to show the jury what he's talking about. All right, we do have a laser pointer available. This is right. If you can, if you can repeat what you just said and showing the jury with the pointer, what you're talking about. In this left-hand column, in this left-hand column, down a few spots, you see a profile ID number, and that's the number right there that ends in zero uh, two one two, and that's specific to Tylee. Okay. Did Lori Valor also have a profile number under this account? She did. Okay. Is that identified on the page that's on your screen? Yes. Okay. 
And where is that located again? So in the highlighted portion, again, it has Lori's inf highlighted information here. And down here, it has her user ID number, which is right there. And that's number ends in uh, 5132. Okay. Detective, knowing these uh, profile numbers, what is the significance of that in aid of your investigation? It can digitally leave a footprint on when, every time you access your account or uh, make any kind of transactions at the, at the, uh, the bank online. Okay. Does this document show this account closing? It does. Can you show to the jury where it shows that? So on the, on the bottom half of this page, if you want to raise it just a little more, thank you. A little bit more, please. Yeah. So on the bottom of it, you'll see right here, shows a date of 9:20 and a balance of $10.04. And next to it, it says high school checking, the account number in ending in 3918. And this amount was transferred over here. It shows it's transferred to Lori Ballow's account ending in 0769. I believe it's right down here. And is there an identifier for who transferred it? Yes, right here, there's an identifying number that shows that it was completed by the user ID of Lori Ballow. Thank you. And what was that date again? September 20th. Of, of 2019? 2019, yes, sir. Thank you. And briefly, Detective, can you look at 63H? Do you have that? Yes. What is that document? This is the statement for October uh, ending balance of the account showing a zero balance for Tyler Ryan's 3918 account. Okay, of October 2019. Correct. Thank you. Detective, can you look at um, Exhibit 63I? Are you familiar with that document? Yes. Uh, did you review this document? I did. I'm familiar with the uh, with the account. I'm wasn't the primary reviewer of this uh, specific account. What account is this? This is the shared account for Charles Vallow and Lori Vallow, ending in zero three seven seven. And did you obtain that through a warrant or a subpoena? I did. This was issued with the original documents that we received. And did you provide that to any other law enforcement agency to review? Yes, um, with uh, to the FBI forensic accountant, Michael Douglas. Okay, thank you.
Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 64A? Do you have that? What is that account? What is that document? This is the banking account application for Lori Ballow through the BBVA Compass Bank. Is it a sole account? It is a sole account. She is the only user. Okay. When was it opened? This account was opened in October of 2018. Okay. And you obtained this through a search warrant or through a subpoena? I did. What was the significance of this account in your investigation? Well, one of the main points of this account was this is an account only accessed by Lori, and this account will end up receiving all of the Social Security deposits into this account for Lori's income. Okay. What date was that account opened? October 20th of 2018. Okay. Thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 64B? Yes. Okay. What is that document? This is a sample statement, monthly statement for Lori Ballow's 3229 account for BBVA. It runs from, I believe, August through January of 2020. Okay. Mr. Wood, sorry to interrupt. I want to clarify where we're at on that particular exhibit with the court's copies. So that was, what did you say it was, 64? I'm sorry. I think I said 64A. I meant 64B. Okay. We've got one that's just marked 64. And as long as the witness has got them, these might just be a courtesy copy issue. Well, I'd like to make sure defense has the accurate. Yeah, let's see if there's sub. So 64 has got subparts. And does the court have 64B? And if I could inquire of the defense, they have 64B. I have 64 and 64A. We have 64B. We don't have a 64B. We brought an extra. Okay. Does counsel have a copy of 64B?
Thank you. Detective, what is State's Exhibit 64B? This is the monthly sample monthly statement uh, printout for Lori Ballow's BBVA 3229 account from August through January, uh, August uh, 2019 through January of 2020. Okay. Excuse me. I'm going to call your attention to a deposit made on 828. Can you see that? I can. And I'm going to ask if you can uh, use a pointer to point that out to the jury. Right here, uh, about the middle of the page, is a deposit for $1,859 from the Social Security Department. All right. Do you know who that uh, deposit was? Uh, you know whose Social Security uh, benefit that was? That benefit is assigned to Tyler Ryan. How do you know that? Well, in my investigation, I learned uh, when there's multiple deposits made into a single account for people receiving benefits, they're each given us uh, an identifier. And in this case, for Tylee, you see the numbers 4121, and that would be from Tylee's received uh, death benefits from her father, Joe Ryan, when he passed away on April 3rd of 2018. And his, so this is the last four numbers of the decedent's social security number. And then there's a designation C1, and that stands for child. So she's a child receiving benefits for the decedent, uh, Charles, of correction of Joe Ryan. Okay. And to your investigation, is this the first, uh, the first deposit of Social Security into this deposit, or I apologize, into this account? Yes. And where was Tylee Ryan receiving her Social Security before this? As previously stated, she was receiving money into her account that she shared with her mother from the Chase Morgan account, the 3918 account. Okay. And this account, uh, account was a sole account for Lori Vallow, correct? Correct. What date... Uh, I believe I already asked, but what date was that deposit made? On the 28th of August. What was significant to you in reviewing these records about that date? It was right before uh, they moved to, the family moved to Idaho. And um, also we had learned that on or about August 20th, Lori Ballow had contacted Social Security Administration and requested to have Tylee's direct deposit from the J.P. Chase Morgan account changed to this uh, personal account of Lori Ballow. Okay. Was there any other significance of that to you? Uh, not at this time. Okay. I'm going to call your attention to a deposit made It's on the third page of the document if you want to turn to it. Okay. A deposit made on September 18th. Okay. Try and if you could use a pointer. Uh, 
there's two deposits made that day. Can you describe those? Yes, they're showing two deposits on September 18th from the Social Security Administration. One is for the amount of $3,902, and the one right below it is uh, a deposit for $4,157. Okay, and are you able to identify what those deposits are, where they come from? Yes. How, uh, can you describe that? Again, uh, where there's multiple deposits coming into an account from Social Security, they give each account uh, a special designation ID number. In this case, we have the last four of the decedent Charles Vallow's Social Security number. His Social Security number was 436029801. And then we have the designated C1 for the child. In this, in this case, it would be for J.J. Uh, Vallow. Okay. And do you know, are those the regular monthly payments? No, this is the first installment. So when she applied for her benefits in August of, of 2018, this is sort of back pay that she gets from when they generated their, their paperwork. Okay. Uh, detective, and so that deposit was made September 18th. Correct. Are you familiar through your investigation with the Rexburg Police Department? when the last known proof of life for J.J. Vallow is? Pertinent to our investigation, um, J.J. was killed five days later, okay. five and six days later. Detective, you mentioned earlier that this account, uh, this BBVA account ending in 3229, received uh, from August on all the Social Security payments. Yes. Okay. Um, and you've reviewed this document for those payments? Yes. Uh, Detective, did you, um, did you prepare a chart that summarizes, or I shouldn't say summarizes, but demonstrates the, um, the deposits of Tylee Ryan's Social Security, uh, let me re-ask this, <laughs> did you prepare a chart that, that uh, demonstrates all of Tylee Ryan's Social Security deposits? Yes. Uh, does that include both the J.P. Morgan account and J.P. Chase account and this BBVA account? Yes. Okay. Did you do that um, uh, to aid the jury in understanding when those uh, accounts were or when those deposits were made? Yes. Does it uh, label the banks to which the deposits were made? Yes. Uh, would you, did you prepare that in anticipation of testifying today? Yes. And do you believe that would aid the jury in understanding the deposit history for Tylee Ryan's Social Security payments? Yes. Yes. Detective, could you look at States Exhibit 84? Detective, is this the demonstrative uh, chart that I've just been talking to you about? Yes. 
Did you include any other information on that chart? I included the monies being deposited into the J.P. Morgan and Chase for Tylee and then also showing the monies being put into transferring over to Lori Vallow's account after she contacts Social Security. All right. And did you verify the amounts on this account against the actual records? Yes. Your Honor, I'd ask that for demonstrative purposes that States Exhibit 84 be entered into evidence. Any objection from the defense? As a summary, no, I don't object. Okay. It's admitted not as evidence but as a demonstrative exhibit. Okay. May I publish? You may. Detective, can you just explain how you made that chart? Sure. So this legend up here for reference, the purple color is specific to the monies deposited into Tylee's J.P. Chase Morgan account, the 3918 account. The darker colored square is monies that were deposited into Lori Vallow's BBVA account 3229. And this box here with the hash marks in just reflects the deposits being made for the month where the one in August and the one in September here just reflect that they were deposits being made. But as you see here on September 8th, we believe that that was the last proof of life for Tylee and she was no longer living after those dates. Okay. Detective, did you, similar to that chart, did you make a similar chart for J.J. Vallow's survivor benefits and Lori Vallow's mother and care benefits? Yes. Similarly, did you make that in preparation for testifying today? Yes. Can you look at State's Exhibit 85? 85? Yes. And Detective, did you list the entirety of deposits for J.J. Vallow's Social Security deposits? Yes. Did you do the same for Lori Vallow? I did. Okay. And did you match these against the BBVA records we've been speaking about? Yes. And do you believe it would aid the jury in demonstrating when those payments were made? Yes. Your Honor, I'd ask that for demonstrative purposes only, that State's Exhibit 85 be entered into evidence. Any objection? No, Your Honor. Exhibit 85 is admitted as a demonstrative exhibit, not as evidence. May I publish? You may. Detective, can you describe how you made that chart? Sure. Again, as I did with the last one, color identifiers depicting the account of both J.J. and Lori and their deposits. So the purple would reflect for J.J. the deposit monies. The darker color would be for Lori. And the hash marks here show that 
this was the deposit made for September, and then we believe, per the investigation there, on the 23rd, between 22nd and 23rd of September, J.J. is killed. Sorry, 22nd and 23rd. J.J. Val was killed. It also shows Charles Val died in September correction. He died in July 11th of 2019 in Arizona. She applied for the survivor benefits, received them, and then it shows the last proof of life, and then for J.J., and then it shows the monthly deposits for October, and then this box here is just a note that on November 5th, Lori Val married Chad Daybell in Hawaii, and she was continued to receive the benefits through January of 2020, and the last box just denotes that on June 9th, we found J.J. entirely. Thank you. Your Honor, we're at a point, kind of a changing point in the testimony. I wonder if this might be a time to take a break or if you'd like us to continue for a few more minutes. Yeah, we'll go until 3.30, so if you'd like to take the mid-afternoon break now and it's a logical place to break, we can do that. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll take our mid-afternoon recess. All right, please. Thank you. Please be seated. Okay, we are back on the record. Case CR 2221-1624, State v. Lori Noreen Vallow. Mr. Wood, you can continue with your direct examination. I'll remind the officer you're still under oath for purposes of your testimony, and you can inquire, Mr. Wood. Thank you. Detective, can you review State's Exhibit 65A? Are you familiar with that document? I am. I am. May I publish this to the jury? Yes. What is that document? This is the account application for the joint account shared with Lori Vallow and Tylee Ryan for BBVA account number 5794. Okay, you testified earlier about 
another joint account between Lori and Tylee, correct? Yes. And this is a separate joint account? Correct. Okay. And uh, through what institution is this account held? Through BBVA. Okay. Um, when was this account opened? This account was opened on August 19th of 2019. Okay. Detective, will you look at State's Exhibit? Your Honor, uh, may counsel approach? Yes. back on the record we just had a brief sidebar concerning um, the existence of some personal identifier information that may be contained in these exhibits which the jurors are permitted to review but we'll try to avoid disclosing some of that identifier information out to the public in testimony and the court will further review whether redactions are required if at any point these exhibits are released into the file so with that in mind mr. Wood you can continue with your examination thank you Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 65B? Okay. What is that? This uh, is the a statement for Tylee for the August and into uh, September of 2019. It shows the date the account was opened on the 19th, and it shows uh, transactions through the 16th of September. In your investigation, what was significant about this page? So, as stated earlier in the previous account of Tylee's, the 3918, when they were moving, the family was moving from Utah to Idaho, or correction, Arizona to Idaho. Uh, it kind of tracked Tylee's location as she was spending out of this account, and it shows that she makes a couple of uh, purchases in Arizona, and as, uh, as they're moving, there's three purchases that were made on the 1st of September. And again, if you look at the left-hand column is, this is gonna be a, the posting date, but if you look inside here, there's three purchases. There's one in uh, Fillmore, Utah, Perry, Utah, and Wikiup, and they depict that the sales were made on September 1st. Just for, for the record, can you spell Wikiup? Wikiup, let me find it here again. It's W-I-K-I-E-U-P as in Paul. Thank you. Um, thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 65C? Sixty-five C. And what is that? These are the monthly bank statements for Tylee's BBVA account, starting from 
August of 2019 through January, I believe, of 2020. Let me just, yes. Okay. Um, Detective, we spoke earlier about Tyree's J.P. Chase spending account and about um, spending in brick and mortar stores and online payments. What is the general nature of the spending on this account? The overwhelming majority past September 1st is everything was done online as far as spending on this account. After there, September 1st, were there any in-person purchases at all? We were able to find two in-person in purchases. One was on September 17th, and that was in uh, Rexburg, Idaho, at a Costa Vida Mexican restaurant. And the second purchase was at a Costa Vida Mexican restaurant located in Idaho Falls, and that was October 7th. Other than that, all these purchases were made online. Okay. And what are the deposits into the account like? Where do those come from? So as we know, uh, Tylee is no longer receiving her Social Security benefit into this account. It's going into her mother's account. Well, to, to clarify, Detective, did Tylee ever receive Social Security into the joint BBVA account? No, she did not. Which account did she receive it in initially? That that money, those monies went into Lori Vowell's account, the 3229 okay. account. Okay. Um, okay, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you, though. I, was, I had asked you what... Uh, what the nature of deposits into this account were. So if you look on the inside column, this column here will be the deposit column. And as you go through the statements, uh, the first one was for uh, $60 and then $80. So on the September 10th and 16th, respectively, uh, and those monies were deposited into this account from, they were transferred from Lori's BBVA account into Tylee's BBVA account. So the, the money that's coming into Tylee's account is from her mother's account. Okay. Um, was there anything else significant in the expenditures on this, on this account to your investigation? Yeah, so the money that was coming in from Lori's account you see the $60 on the 10th there, and it's then immediately Venmoed out, and we were able to show that those Venmos went to uh, Colby Ryan, uh, Lori's son. Okay. And did you do you know how many deposits and then Venmos there are on that account? Yes. Looking through just this from August to uh, through January, there are 29 deposits into Tylee's account from Lori's accounts, and then they were turned around and monies were sent out to Colby on those same days. Okay. So, Detective, just, just to clarify, we had, you testified earlier about Tylee's joint account with Lori with J.P. Chase, mm -hmm. and this is Tylee's joint account with Lori on BBVA. Correct. And as part of your investigation, uh, did you compare and contrast uh, the nature of the spending or expenditures and deposits on the on the two accounts. Yes. How do they compare to each other? They are complete opposites. Um, How where, so? Whereas the Tylee's uh, account for the Chase Morgan account 
she is very active in that account making daily purchases and they are all in person for the most part overwhelmingly in person uh, purchases this account you can see as they were heading up the valley from Arizona into Idaho her last in-person stops in in Utah and uh, from then on it's the overwhelming majority everything is done online okay. which is opposite of what her spending habits were with the other account thank you Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 66A? Okay. Your Honor, I, uh, in light of our recent sidebar, there are three different, different um, Social Security numbers on these accounts, and so I'm going to attempt to, if it's all right with the court and counsel, just publish but not show those numbers. I, I agree with that, Mr. Wood. That's fine if you want to uh, try to avoid having the entire Social Security number revealed. And I... If you could, if the court could give us one second, Your Honor. That's how I was trying to do that's very ineffective. So I'm going to walk over and grab those sticky notes. Detective, do you recognize State's Exhibit 66A? Yes. What is that? This is a credit card application account uh, for Charles and Lori Vallow through the Barclays Bank. It's a Hawaiian Airlines credit card. Okay. Um, and do you know when they applied for that? This was uh, this the one ending in zero six four shows the application date of nine twenty four of twenty fifteen. Okay. Can you look at application 5247-1125? Okay. When was that applied for? On the same date, 924 of 2015. Okay. And then application 5566-2600. This shows a date of uh, April 19th of 2016. Okay, thank you. And who were these applications for? This was a joint credit card between uh, Lori Vallow and her then-husband, Charles Vallow. Thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 66B? 66B. What is that document? This is a 
monthly statement for the Hawaiian Airlines Barclays credit card for this account that we just spoke of. Okay. Was there, in your investigation, was there anything significant about the information you found on this page? There are two. Okay. What um, are they? It shows it, you can see that the card for Charles Vallow ended in 0991, and the card activity for card ending in 6611 was associated to Lori Vallow. There are two transactions of note. On the July 12th, this would be the day after uh, Charles Vallow was died in Arizona. She makes a uh, $3,000 plus payment to the Valley of the Sun Mortuary in Chandler. Okay. Uh, Detective, in your investigation, have you had an opportunity to listen to any recordings made by the Valley of the Sun Mortuary? I have. Uh, what was the nature of that phone call? The nature of the phone call was uh, asking about pricing for Funeral services. Okay, and do you know who placed that phone call? I do. Who was it? Voice on the recordings, Chad Daybell. Okay, thank you. What was the second item of note on this uh, on this statement? Down towards the bottom of the page, you'll see on for July twentieth, a round trip airfare was purchased on this card for Lori Vallow for Chad Daybell from Provo, Utah, round trip. Down to I, IWA, which is Phoenix Mesa, and back to Provo, Utah. Okay, and again, what was the date of that purchase? Showing July 20th. Okay. Through Allegiant Airlines. And to, through your knowledge and investigation, was Chad Daybell married at the time of that flight? He was. Thank you. Who was he married to? To Tammy Daybell. Thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 66C? Okay. What is that document? The document is a monthly statement form for the Barclays MasterCard of Alex Cox. And this is the account that Lori has shared with her brother Alex. Okay. Uh, how do you know she shared it? Um, so on the monthly statement form, it shows purchase activities. Uh, and in reviewing these documents, you see February shows Alex only. And then as we were looking through them uh, more, then we came across, uh, we found a card that was being uh, assigned to Lori Vallow. Can you describe what you see on, on this page of that document? So this is the uh, March statement, monthly statement form for uh, the account held by Alex Cox, and it's showing a purchase activity for Lori Vallow for a card ending in the last four of 9259. Okay. And uh, for your investigation, was there anything of note that you found on this page? Sure. We know that. Purchases were made for round-trip airfare for Tylee uh, back in uh, March for her and her friend, uh, Brianna Gill. They flew round-trip from Phoenix to Hawaii. And then 
later on down, we have March 14th, there's, there's a purchase for round-trip airfare from Allegiant Airlines that was purchased for Chad Daybell from Idaho Falls, Idaho, to Phoenix Mesa, and then back to Idaho Falls. And what year were those purchases made in? These were made in 2019, in early 2019, March. So in March, so that was before Charles Vallow was killed? Correct. And pursuant to your knowledge and investigation, was Lori Vallow still married to him at that time? Yes. And Chad Daybell was married to Tammy Daybell? Correct. Did you find any indication that Charles Vallow had a card on this account? He did not. Okay. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 67A? Are you familiar with that document? Yes. Did you serve a subpoena or a warrant to obtain that document? I did. Okay. Uh, and did you review uh, the contents of, of what you received from that subpoena and warrant? I'm familiar with the documents, but I was not the primary reviewer of this account. Did you provide them to any other law enforcement agency to review? Yes, uh, through forensic accountant Michael Douglas at the FBI. Okay, thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 63D? Are you familiar with that document? I am. Did you review it as part of your investigation? I was familiar with the document. Um, did was not the primary uh, reviewer of this document. Did you provide that document uh, to any other law enforcement agency? Yes, provided it to forensic accountant uh, Michael Douglas of the FBI. Thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 68? What is that? This is the, I don't have the, that, what's on the screen depicted is, I don't have that in my possession. Can the bailiff can the bailiff hand the witness what's been marked as State's Exhibit 68? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Does defense have have that?
Commissioner, may I approach? Yes. Your Honor, may I approach the defense very quickly? Yeah, that's fine, Mr. Wood. Your Honor, I'm going to make sure the defense has a copy of that before we do anything with that document, and we'll circle back to it later. All right, so that's Exhibit 68, correct? Well, it should have been marked as 68A. Okay. So we will correct that and make sure the court has a corrected copy as well. All right. Detective, can you look at what's been marked as State's Exhibit 82A? 82A? Yes. What is that document? That document is the rental application that Lori Vallow filled out and applied for for housing for the Rock Creek townhomes from Blue Sky property. Okay. Have you reviewed this document? I have. Was there anything of note on it to you? Um, there was. What was that? Well, it 
two things stood out. Uh, when this application was filled out, I believe in August, mid to late August, I don't have the document in front of me, but it, it depicts uh, Lori stating that her income is $5,740. And that number is reached if you were to add all of the social security deposit monies that she was receiving from Tylee herself and JJ, it adds up to that sum. Okay, and is that found on this page? Yes, right down here in the bottom left-hand corner. Okay. And does and it does it list does that document list her income as being through Social Security? It does. Okay, where is that? It's directly across from the deposit. Number. Okay. Was there anything else on that page that caught your attention? Yes. What was it? Right above that and under the part where it says reason for leaving, it reads, bringing children to attend BYUI. My daughter graduated high school at 16 and wants to attend BYUI, but is too young to live alone. So I am coming with her to relocating. Thank you. Detective, we've been talking about uh, Lori Vallow and Tyler Ryan's financial accounts. Did you review any other financial accounts as a part of your investigation? I did. What other financial accounts did you review? Uh, I, I reviewed some financial records pertaining to her brother Alex. I. Uh, Earlier, uh, you showed a document uh, listing out Lori Ballow and Tylee Ryan's uh, accounts that you had prepared for demonstrative purposes. Yes. Did you prepare a similar um, document for Alex Cox's financial uh, financial documents that you've reviewed? I did. Did you do that? Uh, to aid you or to aid the jury in understanding which documents uh, or which financial documents pertain to Alex Cox? Yes. And did you do that uh, in preparation for testimony? Yes. Can you look at States, States Exhibit 69? Okay. Uh, is this that same demonstrative list we've been speaking about in regards to Alex Cox? Yes. Your Honor, I'd ask that for demonstrative purposes only that States Exhibit 69 be entered into evidence. Any objection? No, Your Honor. Right. May I publish? That, yes, that exhibit's admitted not as evidence but as a demonstrative exhibit. Detective, can you just uh, tell the jury what, what accounts you um, and documents you reviewed in regards to Alex Cox's financials? So this is a financial account attribution list for Alex. We obtained uh, documents from financial institutions. The ones that are pertinent, we believe, uh, are listed here. The top one is for Desert Financial Credit Union. It's a personal account. Uh, and the account number is 7175. We uh, spoke of the Barclays joint account that she shared with her sister, Lori Vallow. 
There's also a lending co uh, sorry, lending club loan that Alex received. There's a Mercury MasterCard, and that card ends in 2400. There's Wells Fargo personal account, 8968 is the last four of that. And there was two Capital One credit cards associated to Mr. Cox and the Mountain America Credit Union account, 3137. Okay, thank you. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 70A? Okay. Are you familiar with that document? Yes. What is it? Uh, these are the account application for Desert uh, Financial Credit Union for Alex Cox. Okay, and did you review this document? Or did you review the Desert Financial Bank records? Yes. Uh, what, what in those records was of significance to you in your investigation? What in those records was significant to you in your investigation? Well, the, the documents um, on the bank statements shows that Alex was receiving steady monthly income. He would... He worked for uh, Heritage Environmental in in Arizona, and he would receive three paychecks a month, and it was uh, on a very regular basis. Okay, and did those payments ever stop? Those payments stopped in August of 2019. I believe then that. Alex quit his job and moved to Idaho with his sister and, and J.J. Tiley. Okay. Um, what else was significant in that in that account? Well, right before in in early August, I believe it was the ninth. Alex received a twenty-one thousand dollar deposit into this account from Lending Club. Okay. And is there anything else of significance? The account shows that Alex began making purchases for firearms and firearms-related items, accessories. And approximately when does that start? It starts in uh, August, early August. Of what year? Of 2019. Okay. Um, and is that different from the rest of the account? Yes. Okay. Detective, can you look at State's Exhibit 71A? Okay. What is that document? This is the loan application for Lending Club for the loan Alex received $21,000. And when did he, does that have the application date? 
showing August 8th of 2019. Okay. And then you testified that that amount was deposited into his Desert Financial account, correct? Correct. Okay. Is there anything else of significance about his application? Yes, he states the reason for the loan was personal medical expenses. Okay. Throughout your investigation, did you find any significant medical expenditures between the time of that loan and the time he died in December? No. Okay, thank you. Detective, can you look at States Exhibit 72A? Okay. Do you recognize that document? I do. Did you serve a warrant or a subpoena to obtain those records? I did. And did you review those records? I'm familiar with those records, but I was not the primary reviewer of these records. Did you provide those records to another law enforcement agency? Yes. Who was that? Forensic accountant Michael Douglas of the FBI. Okay. Detective, can you look at States Exhibit 73A? Are you familiar with that document? Yes. Did you serve a warrant or a subpoena to obtain those records? Yes. And did you review those records? I'm familiar with the records, but I wasn't the primary reviewer of these records. Did you provide these to Mike Douglas of the FBI as well? I did. Okay. Detective, can you look at States Exhibit 74A? Okay. Are you familiar with that document? Yes. What is it? It's an application for a Capital One credit card in the name of Alex Cox. Did you review those records? I obtained the records. I'm familiar with them, but I was not the primary reviewer of these documents. Did you provide those documents to Mike Douglas of the FBI? I did. Thank you. Can you pull 74B, States Exhibit 74B? Okay. And what is that? This is a second application to Capital One for a credit card in the name of Alexander Cox. Did you review those records? I obtained the records, but I was not the primary reviewer of these. Similarly, did you provide those to Mike Douglas of the FBI? Yes. Detective, can you look at States Exhibit 75A? Okay. Are you familiar with those records? I am. And did you obtain those through a warrant or through a subpoena? Yes. Did you provide those documents to Mike Douglas of the FBI? I did. Thank you. Detective, in reviewing 
Alex Cox's financial information, uh, specifically the Desert Financial. Um, did you prepare a demonstrative chart uh, to show a, a timeline of his uh, financial records and spending? Yes. Uh, did you do that in anticipation of testifying? Yes. Um, and is, all, is, it, is that chart also a timeline? Yes. Uh, did you do that uh, uh, in, to aid the jury in understanding the timeline of some of his banking and uh, the events of this case? Yes. Can you look at State's Exhibit 86? Is that the, uh, the document you and I have just been discussing? Yes. And do you believe that would aid the, the jury in understanding the timeline and financials of Alex Cox? Yes. Your Honor, for demonstrative purposes only, I'd ask that State's Exhibit 86 be entered into evidence. Any objection? No, Your Honor. All right. Exhibit 86 can be admitted as a demonstrative exhibit. It's not evidence. May I publish for the jury? Yes. Can you... Uh, describe what you created on this chart. Yes, this chart just depicts from February 7th of 2019 through August 25th of 2019 just a sample statement from his monthly statements to the bank account of 7175. It shows that he had a steady regular income where he's, uh, uh, you'll see, he averages around four to seven thousand dollars as a regular basis for his account balance. So he's um, very appears to be very responsible, very active in this account. And from September 1st, he quit his job and moved to Idaho. And he had no regular income after that. There's a couple other uh, areas in here that of uh, note. As you see here, on August 9th, he obtained his twenty-one thousand dollars. And this is the last, and around this time, this is when he last receives his paycheck from Heritage Financial. So he's got no further income coming in after this $21,000 deposit. As you see here, this bracket here beneath the uh, timeline shows from August 10th to October 24th, Alex, according to his account uh, review, it makes 46 gun-related purchases on this account. And the last box... Um, above the last box above the timeline from November 13th, Alex actually opened up a Mountain America credit union account with we uh, uh, put about $4,000 into that account and then the last box indicates the day that uh, Alex uh, died December 12th of 2019. 
Detective, as part of your investigation, did you review financial records for Chad Daybell? I obtained documents uh, for Mr. Daybell. It was not I did for this case, correct? Okay. Uh, are those documents that uh, you testified earlier that you handed multiple documents over to Mike Douglas of the FBI? Uh, is that uh, the documents you obtained for Chad Daybell? Is that something you did with many of those? Yes. Okay. But did you write warrants and serve subpo and subpoenas and obtain documents on uh, financial documents for Chad Daybell? I did. Okay. Um, you've provided two lists so far called financial account attri attribution lists, one for Lori and Tiley, one for Alex Cox. Did you prepare a similar list for the documents you received for Chad Daybell? Yes. Okay. Did you prepare that in anticipation of testifying today? Yes. Can you look at State's Exhibit 76? Okay. Did you prepare uh, that document to to aid the jury just in understanding which accounts uh, which accounts exist that contain this financial information for Chad Daybell? Yes. Your Honor, for demonstrative purposes only, I would ask that State's Exhibit 76 be admitted into evidence. Any objection? No, Your Honor. All right. Again, this will be admitted as a demonstrative exhibit. It's not evidence. May I publish? Yes. Can you just briefly uh, tell the jury what accounts you obtained records for? I obtained records for Chad Daybell through Mountain America Credit Union. There's two accounts associated with this. It's a joint account that he shared with Tammy Daybell, his wife, and Spree Spring Creek Book Company, which was Chad's uh, business. Also, there's records obtained from First Hawaiian Bank on a personal account for Chad. There was a Citibank credit card that that Chad uh, received, a Wells uh, Fargo Visa card, and there was a joint Capital One credit card account for Chad and Tammy. Okay, thank you. Can you look at State's Exhibit 77A? 77A? Yes. Okay. Do you recognize that document? I do. Did you um, receive this document through a warrant or a subpoena? Yes. Did you provide this document to Mike Douglas of the FBI? Yes. Thank you. Can you look at State's Exhibit 77B? Okay. <laughs> what is that document? Um, this is a Mountain America application for Spring Creek Book Company. What is what is Spring Creek Book Company? Spring Creek Book Company is the, um, Chad Daybell is the owner of the Spring Creek Book Company. It, what, what does that company do, do you know? I'm sorry? Do you know what that company does? They publish books. Okay. Um, and did you receive these documents by warrant or subpoena? Yes. Did you provide them to Mike Douglas of the FBI? I did. Can you look at State's Exhibit 78A? Okay. 
You recognize that document? Yes. Did you receive this document by warrant or subpoena? I did. Did you provide it to Mike Douglas of the FBI? Yes. Can you look at State's Exhibit 79A? Okay. Did you receive, do you know what that document is? This is a credit card application for Citibank in the name of Chad Daybell. And did you receive that by warrant or subpoena? Yes. And did you provide it to Mike Douglas of the FBI? I did. Can you look at State's Exhibit? ADA. Okay. Are you familiar with that document? I am. Did you receive that by, what is it? It's a uh, visa card uh, for Wells Fargo in the name of Chad Daybell. Okay, and did you receive those records by warrant or subpoena? Yes. And did you provide those to Mike Douglas of the FBI? I did. Mr. Wood, I'm not sure we had a courtesy copy of that. I just wanted to make sure we were clear on the record on that being ADA. ADA. Does defense have a copy? Okay. Um, do we have another copy? Oh. We have 80. An 80 should be the business records affidavit? Yes, it is. Okay, we do have it. Okay. Thank All you, right. Mr. Wood. Sorry. Fine. Detective, can you pull what's been marked as State's Exhibit 81A? Okay. Do you recognize that document? Uh, yes. What are they? Are those documents? Credit card statements for Capital One, Chad okay. Daybell. And did you receive those by warrant or subpoena? Yes. And did you provide those to Mike Douglas of the FBI? Yes. Your Honor, may I inquire, did the state submit State's Exhibit 82? I do not see that one on my list, Mr. Wood. Detective Consitus, do you have a State's Exhibit 82? I do. May I inquire if the defense has it? Your Honor, State's Exhibit 82 is an affidavit of records custodian uh, for Blue Sky Property Management. Um, I'd ask that uh, that and its accompanying records be admitted into evidence. Any objection from the defense?
I've already seen Exhibit 82 numbered as something else. Your Honor, I'll meet with counsel after court today and verify that, and we'll circle back to that. All right. Let me have a brief sidebar with counsel, Mr. Wood. Yep. Mr. Wood, based on a uh, sidebar, let, let me see where we left off in terms of it was uh, 82, and I think it had been offered. I don't know if a ruling had been made on that. Uh, I don't believe it had. Um, at 82A had already come in. 82 is the affidavit of records custodian. Just wanted to make sure that was in the record. Okay, and 80. A, I think has been referenced, but it has may not have actually been admitted yet. So yeah, it needs 82 and 82A need to be admitted by way of the business records affidavit. Okay, I'm going to suggest um, we'll clean up these issues on these exhibits. Uh, we've gone through a lot of exhibits today. We're towards the end of our trial time for the day and in order to allow additional time for the clerks to go through I think we'll go ahead and call it a day for now and resume again at the morning uh, 830 and we'll take some time to allow counsel to make sure the records clear in terms of what's been admitted at this time so that'll conclude testimony for this afternoon uh, I just want to Go back to my instruction as we break again at the end of the day, as we do every day, uh, for the jurors before you're excused. Please don't talk about the case with anyone else, with each other. Please don't do any kind of uh, investigation into the case. If you see the case on the news, um, on the Internet, anywhere, please avoid reading the case, anything about it, and we will have you again sign an affirmation that you've abided by that instruction when you return in the morning. So thank you for your attentiveness today, and we will be excused for the day. All rise, please. These are the used ones. You can turn them face down if we're going to them up here. So you know which one to